0: She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. Till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. Ferg, <laughs> this is right around your wheelhouse, right? This is—I mean, you love this. Yeah, this
1: stuff. is a classic. Ferg explains everything. Also, it rhymes <laughs> fanny with nanny. In England, that means
2: pussy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to green light or cancel it. This week we're going to be talking about The Nanny. The Nanny went 146 episodes over six seasons on CBS. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called The Nanny, originally airing November 3rd, 1993. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... The boys, Bird, Joe, Gordo, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Hello. Oh,
2: it's Silent of the Chickens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really thought that was the daddy, and then I looked it up, and it was Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. I was like, man, I totally <laughs> forgot about Beauty and the Beast. I think Beast. that was in the trailer for that movie. <laughs> it is, <because> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think any of us ever saw that movie, but we all called oh, one back. G- me
2: and Gordo started. He used to always be on some channel back in the day.
0: Right off the bat, I want to bring up, this was an episode that a lot of you have requested. Yeah, so, this is not uh, a big request. So we, w- I swear, we were going to start getting to some of these requests. Uh, so the nanny was one that um, multiple people have brought up to us, and we have wanted to do it anyway. So we are uh, finally getting around to it. Uh, a few things.
1: Gordo, were you are you now obsessed with moving to Flushing? That's all I could think of this entire episode. <laughs> it's like, if there's ever a
3: place for Gordo to be from, it's Flushing, Queens. Not kid, because I'm from Boston. Kid, kid. I will
1: say though, did it, anybody else find it kind of weird that they mention Flushing specifically so many times in this episode? Well,
3: it's a different, it's a different borough. Oh, so no, it's like, part of Queens.
1: The borough is Queens.
3: Um, I'm sorry, but it's a different part. It's a different part of Queens, and well, it's know a what? very distinct part, and people are very proud. But
1: that would be like if we had a TV show and it was like, "We're from Winthrop, Mass," instead of saying. Boston or Windsor. people around the country might not necessarily know flushing, but they would know Queens. It just seems. Like yeah, week. they should, because that's right, where the I, Mets I, play. Com-
2: I compare it to Revere people from Beachmont are still from Revere. Oh, well,
0: you can't, you can't go when
2: people decide to change their. We're getting
0: very locally specific. We yeah. are. So and to and that not was the point I was lunch. about
4: to make. And I think they were trying to be locally specific. If you're from that area, that's probably something you would say. You would say flushing. If people knew the area.
0: Well, I'll say this. I mean, this isn't even a joke because of this show. Anytime I've been in Queens and and you see signs like go this way to Flushing when you're on like the interstates, I always think about the nanny. Like I can't think about Flushing Queens without thinking about the nanny. It's forever synonymous (laughs) now.
1: Yeah, for me, Queens is the nanny. It's... The Ramones, and it's uh, that scene in Coming to America where they spin the globe and look at the thing, and then they just both go, Queens, <laughs> which is my favorite thing ever. I think
4: of poops. Yeah, instead of Queens with the card, with you know, playing cards, you could be flushing deuces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it didn't take that. I-, I shouldn't have opened this door. <laughs>
3: I think we should only laugh like Brian Drexler
0: uh my throat hurts enough i can't i would it's like to put happen. her
4: up by the way as most attractive tv person uh tv or show star actress? i don't know how you act- actress not actress but like as far as sitcoms go there's stars. only enough
0: room on the emmy to write so much <laughs> Nick. Gonna, you to... <laughs> how many yeah. hours can you fit yeah. on there
4: but like yeah no like the you know sitcom star she has to be the most attractive sitcom star we've had on
1: fran drescher is a super big yeah I mean, no one's gonna deny that right everyone's in agreement. Did
4: anybody else get crazy hints of Margot Robbie as Harley Race?
3: race? <laughs> Harley I see that movie. race. <laughs> and there's your Guys. first wrestling reference. Talking about wrestling, Nick.
1: Uh, my bad. My bad. It's if somebody good. out there who has good Photoshop skills can make a <laughs> Fran Drescher's face on a Harley Race's body, that'll be the next <laughs> shirt for S One E One Pod.
4: Yeah, no, it's almost like Margot Robbie like pulled from the nanny to you know get her like New York Harley Quinn accent down.
2: Yeah, which is ironic, because Holly Quinn's supposed to have a Jersey accent. Well, you know, same shit.
0: <laughs> you know what I think is funny, actually? Because you know what? Actually, I want to save it. Never mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up a little bit later. There's a better spot for it. But um, just to get into it, by the way, before we even get any further, I just want to remind everyone, S1E1pod, that's where you need to go to follow all of our social medias and everything like that. I always save it for the end of the episode, but I think I should bring it up up front a little bit more, too, for those of you who don't listen to the outro. So, s1e1pod.com. Make sure you go there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Rate reviews, subscribe, do all of those things on everything. And uh, yeah, we very much get, appreciate it. Get them it.
2: before we scare them all away.
0: Yeah, yeah but, but before we annoy you by going <laughs> <laughs> for two, two hours long, broads don't belong in broadcasting. <laughs> That's
1: my, also my other favorite friend. And I want to bring this
0: up because I did this a few weeks ago, but I want to say it up front. We want more reviews on Apple. So the next person to leave a review on iTunes, Apple, send it to us, send it to us. You can either private message, post it, wherever, as long as we see it and acknowledge it. We will send you a care package as long as you live in the lower 48 U.S. states, because I'm sorry I'm paying out of pocket. We don't have a big business account here. So, um, Hey, we have listeners in Alaska, so not fuck you. Uh, I apologize. It's just, you know, difficult to ship there.
1: If somebody leaves a five-star review and the review says S1E1 pod, it's like Silence <laughs> of the Chickens in here. I will cover the overages for the shipping to wherever you live.
0: Be very careful. But all right. Joe might have I just really hope it's mind. like New Zealand. I yeah. hope
1: it's like Nepal. <laughs> well, we're not sending them like an Indiana Jones crate. Okay. It's not going to be that much.
0: But um, okay, guys. So let's get into the show itself. The Nanny. I want to assume you've all seen the Nanny at least once or twice growing up. Oh, yeah. Even Gordo. You know yes. what?
2: I had never seen this pilot and it actually pissed me off because that theme song is very deceptive. The theme song's not actually originally on the pilot. It's only oh, on the syndicated. And the We're theme the song they make it seem like he discovered her and she's she's one showing up begging for the job. The theme song's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that theme song is a liar.
1: Yeah, originally it's uh um, it's a it's a song from a, a like a Broadway musical that they used for the original
0: Just for the pilot or okay, not the whole first season
1: just for the pilot. But then they just went back to the standard theme song for syndication afterwards. So, cause it wouldn't make sense either. It's like, we're the monsters today or whatever. We're like that theme song explains the entire first episode. So if you watch the theme song, you're like, why would I spend 24 more minutes watching this? I already know the story.
0: And and we'll talk about it when we get to it because the very iconic intro, but we'll talk about it in in a few, as we get along. Um, memories of watching The Nanny growing up, like, I watched a lot of this show growing up. I think my mom loved it, so I saw a ton of it growing up.
3: I watched it, and I I forgot most of it, but I remember liking it, and I remember having a crush on Fran Dresch. Yeah, I definitely had a crush, and it was
4: never one of those shows I set out to, like, oh, The Nanny's on. It was always just, like, the Nick at Night
2: bedtime. How are you gonna go to bed to Fran Dresch's voice? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what's funny, too? Um... As of the date we're recording, not the release date, but this is actually—I said it came out November third, nineteen ninety-three. We're recording on November third, so it's actually twenty-nine years ago today when this episode first. Happy uh, anniversary, <laughs> oh,
1: <that's>, Wow! <laughs> Did we actually—we didn't do that on purpose, right? No,
0: no. Sometimes, sometimes we do.
1: Yeah, that was just
4: happenstance. Well, that's cool. And we recorded on one of the actors' birthdays for another show recently.
2: I forget which one it was.
1: Oh, I forget. It was the one we were all like, she's really good. And Gordo threatened to punch her in the face. And we were
0: <laughs> like, why would you say that on her birthday? Small Wonder. Oh, right, yeah. right,
3: right, right. The, uh, the, the neighbor in Small Wonder.
0: Go back and listen to, your, uh, to our Small Wonder episode if you have you want to hear
2: Gordo threaten to punch a child in the face. Well, now an old lady in the face. And
1: to be, f- old lady, again, we did this last time. She's our age. She's we're old. old. Second of all, I'd like to also throw out that we all fought Gordo pretty hard on that. No one was pro-Gordo punching the child.
0: Very correct, very correct. Um, So I guess, yeah, let's just get into the episode itself. So it starts in this bridal shop, and you see um, Fran for the first time. Fran Dresser plays Fran fine in the episode, kind of a Tony Danza situation, just keeping her first name, which is probably easier for her. And she's uh, working on this girl who's in her dress, and she's standing up on that podium, and she's like, Oh, you're gorgeous. You know, you look just like a virgin. And then she's like, here, I brought you some crackers for your morning sickness. And you know, insinuating that she's gonna be walking down the aisle pregnant.
1: It's a good quick joke. I feel like you get what this show is gonna be right away.
0: It's very, yeah, like they really um encompass that like that area, like the, the like it's not Queens. Yeah, it's Queens, but it's also like I wanna say it's it's a sitcom and it's it's bubbly and it's not like, you know, gritty or anything, but it's also it's it's tackled in a, a lighter way, but when you think of, like, a Roseanne and stuff, where the character's a little bit more...
1: It's like a, a tear down from Roseanne, like...
0: Yeah, this is a little more cartoony than that, but yes.
1: Well, later on, they say she has a rapier wit, and that's pretty much it, right? It's like the sarcastic cutting, sort of, like, you know right away where she's going with it. I will say, though, I mean, I knew this because we've seen this show before, but... I feel like they maybe harp on a little much for the first couple minutes where, like, you might have the feeling that this is going to be a show about a girl who works in a dress shop, like a bridal shop, which I can see as being a premise for a sitcom, but definitely not one I want to watch.
0: Yeah, and without the luxury of knowing the intro song that we'll talk about later, which doesn't even happen in this episode, yeah, you wouldn't know what's to come. But they actually they get into it pretty quick, though. You only have to get, like, a minute in before you kind of understand that it will not be in the bridal shop.
2: You know this is loosely connected to Martin, which we covered in the past. I did not know that. O- originally, um, Gina's best friend was supposed to get her own spin-off. I believe it was her. It involved her going to work for like the beauty shop that Fran like knew people at, and like it was in that area, and oh. it got cancelled like after a pilot
1: probably cuz they were like Shanene working at the dress shop isn't getting the ratings we want. <laughs> I would have loved that show. I would have watched it all day long. But
0: th- so wait, so this show was created independently of that, but then they were going to kind yeah. of tie the two in by creating that spin-off. Okay.
1: So you're going to make like a Queens like MCU basically.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and, th- and then Samuel L Jackson shows up with an <laughs> eye patch on.
1: And then uh Paul Stanley from Kiss, who's also from Queens, walks in and goes,
0: "Ooh!"
1: Ha
0: ha ha. Good joke, Joe. The, the accents, by the way, because this bride, after she asked her, you know, if she wants some crackers, he goes, so when are you and Danny going to set the date already? That voice. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay, that accent <laughs> is fantastic.
1: Wait, was that a young
0: Bobcat Goldthwaite I just heard? Listen, guys, I know my vocal abilities and deep and raspy is my wheelhouse. I can do that. I
1: hate that I can't remember the actor's name, but who plays Aunt Frank in Mrs. Doubtfire? He's a Broadway actor
0: oh yeah harvey
1: firestone you would yeah. doing a harvey firestone impersonation there
0: oh yeah i would be able to do that too but um so she's like you know what you're right because um they're talking about how she's a bridal consultant but never the bride and then she walks over to um danny who is her i guess like i guess as they said later like they were pre-engaged so they're not even like engaged currently that's also something that doesn't exist in the real world,
1: right? Like that's like a TV show and movie thing. Like we're engaged to be engaged. Like no one actually really says that, right? No, that's
0: like that goofy promise ring shit. But I would say, like, I don't think we're a purity one. Two of you are married now. I'm sure you guys talked about marriage before you were even engaged. Sure, yeah. So I guess it's like, yeah, you're not pre-engaged, but it's kind of already like it's already there. Like you already kind of know that you're going to be. I don't. I don't know if that counts. I wouldn't label it
1: i think it's the labeling is what bothers me because it's a big thing on like sitcoms and movies where it's like we're pre-engaged
0: can't you can't put that on your facebook right you can't uh, you can't
3: change your status
0: yeah status is now pre-engaged isn't that more of
3: like a someone who's more religious thing? no i don't think like, so isn't that like a like a promise ring like i think the word you're looking for is
0: corny berg's <laughs> making it abundantly clear uh that he is <laughs> not a fan of promise rings
1: well, my thoughts on religion are not notwithstanding. I think it's, yeah, it's a weird thing to say. But I just was pointing that out that that's a trope, a, a movie yeah, TV okay, trope. It's not yeah. a real life trope, except for maybe in
0: Queens. And, and I, want, I want to bring up too, like, when we see, when we meet Danny for the first time, Danny is, he's over the top acting, right? Like he's supposed to play a guy from this area, but he's, he's playing it like you got like a theater actor.
4: I mean, he's a guy who got hired for a 45 second scene right he's living his yeah this is
0: his moment but you couldn't find like any guy who was like could do a new york thing a little bit more authentically than that
1: you know in the episode of the office where they do the movie of threat level midnight and andy's the bartender and he's like how are we yeah. gonna watch
0: the sports games in
1: <laughs> <and> junk <laughs>
0: he's basically doing that never change but uh yeah so we meet him and she's asking and he's like you know what? i'm sorry i should have said this sooner i just wanted, to you know to do it someplace nice so She's expecting the engagement to happen. He's like, all right, you know, I've been thinking we should start seeing other people. And she's like, wait, since when have you been thinking that? He said, since I saw Heather Bibolo. (laughs) Bibolo. Bam Bam Bibolo?
1: Yes. Who I believe is also from Queens. No, he's New Jersey.
0: (laughs) And she's like, wait, have you only been stringing me along because I'm your best sales girl? He's like, well, that's the thing. Heather needs a job too. So...
1: Loses her fella and her job in one fell swoop here. She took it in stride, too, honestly. (laughs) She was like, whatever, see ya. (laughs) I do like that her character was strong and, like, sarcastic about it and didn't, like, cry, right? Like, I feel like that would have been an easy way to, like, write her out where she's, like, devastated, but she that's not her character at all, you know?
0: I like, as she leaves, you can't fire me. I quit. No, wait, you fired me. That way I can collect (laughs) unemployment. (laughs) I, I did like that line a lot.
1: I will say, though, with that line... I feel like the writers of this episode learned what a callback was the day before, and were like, you know what we should do in this episode? Put in a bunch of those callback things we just heard about, because this is the most callbacks in a 22-minute episode of TV ever. They just keep having- You can them- always see them
2: coming, too.
1: Yeah, and they're not like, yeah, they're not a surprise. You're just like, here it comes. And I love- I, uh, Okay, whatever. I love this episode, but that's a problem, right? There's just too many.
0: I just think um, in general, as we talk about the writing, I thought the the writers in general did a really good job of like somewhat natural dialogue. I think they did a good job of establishing all the characters and stuff. And we'll talk about it, obviously, as we go along. But I did. This was an episode that when we watched, I kind of like took note of the writing.
2: If only uh, the Country Comfort people saw this episode.
0: Yes. When Country Comfort basically tried to recreate the nanny only with a country singer instead of a girl working at a. Bridal store, yeah.
1: If only the country comfort people decided to not go into television writing and producing and just got a job somewhere else, we didn't have to have that exist in our. Really, would have dodged a bullet there. And speaking of the writing and creating, did you see the anything about the creation of this show?
0: No, unfortunately.
1: So the creator of this show was Fran Drescher and her husband at the time. Right, so they were married for like twenty years, and wasn't
0: her husband like significantly older than her?
1: They're no, they're the same age. Oh, but they ended up getting divorced after they like at the last season of the show he ended up coming out as being gay and that was like part of the reason they got divorced
0: that's a good reason
1: good reason right but then later on they wrote a show about their characters like it's a friend Resher show with that he helped write with her about a couple getting a divorce because of that that i'm like oh that has to go on the list now i think it was oh TV did she mansion. star
0: did she oh did she like play herself
1: yeah she stars in it and like uh uh who's in it rita marino's in it who was like the nun in oz and um God, what's his name michael higgins from all the christopher guest movies but it looks pretty interesting and i'm like that seems like a good follow-up from the nanny that i've never seen before do but you happen to have free. the name of that
0: show yes
1: it is happily divorced okay so add that to the queue
0: after that scene we get into the intro which we talked about now joe as you mentioned did not originally air with this intro but for argument's sake for anyone who's watching from this point forward i guess we might as well talk about it especially where it's so iconic
1: yeah and it's the actual song they used is if my friends could see me now which was from a musical called uh if my friends excuse me now from a play called Sweet Charity, which was a older play.
0: Okay. So the intro itself here is it's like a cartoon, and they kind of use it to um the cartoon lays out the story, the origin story of the show, which as pointed out, slightly off from what happens, but gives the song and the lyrical content of the song. It just lays out the whole intro to everything as you see the cartoon dictating everything that's being said. Berg, this is right around your wheelhouse, right? This is, I mean, you love this. Yeah, sort of
1: this song. is a classic Ferg Explains Everything. Also, it rhymes <laughs> fanny with nanny.
2: In England, that means pussy. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so
1: they, ch- they changed the, uh, the song. They used the other song in the English version <laughs> of
0: the show. you get in a lot of trouble if someone tells you to put it in my fanny. If you're on vacation, you might make a mistake there. Anyways, the, uh, the song itself, anyone want to give me a few bars?
3: Not until you give us a Bobcat gold. Drink.
0: You can't bring it up twice in an episode. You just you're going to get to a point where other people are going to be annoyed that you're asking me to do it.
2: Yeah, man, you're, you're, you're beating a dead cigar right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the deep cut beauty of that joke for her. well done. <laughs> and my apologies to everyone who's listening who has no idea what he's talking about. But the intro itself. Come on, guys. Someone give me a few. Give, give me a few words from the song.
3: The nanny. <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go.
3: <laughs> that was only two words, Gordo.
0: She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, still her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. <laughs> <laughs> Which means pussy <laughs> in England.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remix. CJ, that's what we're trying to do is get you to sing it the whole time.
0: I My voice hurts so much. It's so hard to talk for two hours.
1: You're going to be at work tomorrow with a sore throat and be like, I shouldn't have sang those four bars from the nanny theme song last night.
0: But uh, yeah, no, uh, I love the intro. Uh, not too much to say about it. Like I said, very straightforward, but it's funny. We talk about intros all the time and depending on the show, sometimes things like this are absolutely perfect for it. Sometimes things like this doesn't make sense. A show like this, and I don't know its if it's because we've seen it so many times, but I could not imagine this not being part of it
3: it's almost like a bewitched uh cartoon animation style too did you guys notice that that's a that's a great
1: poll yeah I, that has to be what they're referencing right because it's so spot on
0: bewitched coming october 2023
1: yeah but the movie the movie with uh will ferrell and no yes
0: <laughs> but uh yeah um from the intro we get to the next scene which is now fran who's trying her new job as like a door-to-door cosmetics salesman that's that's what she's doing she has like this pink briefcase with her
1: i think this is trying to harken back to the avon stuff right like the pink cadillac the pink briefcase that's mary kay Is it mary kay yes oh so it's avon avon's avon calling that's the thing right yeah
3: i mean avon wasn't a scam
2: like i mean mary she should kay. be selling that eucalyptic cream that everybody's selling on facebook now
1: I mean, I think that everybody listening to this either knows somebody or is involved with selling makeup online. Everybody knows somebody who's on Facebook being like, look at me, transform my cheekbones.
0: But uh, yeah, so we have her standing out front of the the uh, the Sheffield residence. And she's doing like a little practice, um, kind of practicing her lines before she goes in. And she finally rings the doorbell and the butler Niles opens up. He's like, oh, yes, come in. We've been expecting you. And she's like, you have? So yeah, you're here for the nanny position, right? And she gets like one look around the house and she's like, "Um, yeah, I could be.
1: Now, does anybody think this is a poor marketing plan? So your job is to do door to door cheap cosmetic sales And the first place you go to for your first call is this a big mansion. mansion. Like maybe those people don't buy door to door cheap cosmetics. Probably not going to be a
0: sale. They have more money to spend, though. So, I mean, it could work out.
1: I guess, I guess, you know, you miss a, all the shots you don't take or whatever.
0: She says, wow, this place is nicer than my Uncle Jack's condo in Boca. And, you know, he bought the model. <laughs> so it's, like, full of fake fruit and stuff.
1: It's got one of those cardboard TVs that yeah. you can't tell it's fake until you walk
0: up to it. He's like, oh, should I present your resume to Mr. Sheffield? And she's like, um, because he obviously doesn't have a resume with her. She's like, um, just call him over and I'll present it myself. So then Niles walks over to where Mr. Sheffield's at, like, his office. And this is the first time we meet his character. And there's a woman with him who watch out Cece. It's not clearly defined. Yeah, CeCe, who is, like, at this point, like, you don't... Definitely a business associate, but we don't know if they have, like, a relationship or not yet. It's it's not clearly defined. Yeah,
1: I think it's vague on purpose.
2: I assume, yes, by the one line when she's talking shit about the kids, and she's a, but then she says, who I love like my own. Like, I don't think you'd say that if... um Yeah.
1: If it was just your business associate, yeah.
0: As Nas is walking, it looks like they're going over potential actresses because... He's a stage producer, right? He puts together musicals and stuff. Is that correct? Is that what his job Yeah, you was? can
1: see playbills all over the place and stuff like that. My assumption is, is that he hired the actor who played Fran's boyfriend in the
0: beginning. No, he's successful.
1: That's a callback. <laughs> see what we did there?
0: But uh, yeah, they're frustrated as they're going through the list and talking about all these different actresses who passed and then mentions one who says, uh, Ruby Keller passed away, I believe. Yeah, this one got me. <laughs> that was good. There's some dark jokes throughout this episode that that they weave in. I mean, this this scene's a little dark, too, because the kids are dark. Yes. And then she offers, Cece, that is, offers to give him a Shiatsu. Does she offer to give it to him or just to says that he needs it? But I assumed it was the offer to give.
4: I think she said she needs it, or he needs it.
0: Says, yeah, you need one. And then Niles walks in and said, I see you're uh, working hard as always, Ms. Babcock. And she says, theater's always been a passion of mine. He says, well, I can't wait to see what you'll be mounting next. And it's very clear right off the bat. Niles fucking hates this girl. We don't get a lot of backstory, yeah. which is fine. But right off the bat for a first episode, first interaction with them, you kind of know their dynamic. You know, Niles doesn't like her. You don't know why necessarily, but it's very clearly established.
2: He's just that trope of the sassy butler. Like um,
0: like Alfred from Batman.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I have a phone Blanca.
0: I kind of get the vibe that he's, just from this episode, he's just protective of Mr. Sheffield and knows that CC might be in it for the wrong reasons. From what I gathered from this episode later on, they kind of touch on it,
4: is Miles was definitely around when Mr. Sheffield's wife was still alive. So I think he's kind of protective in that sense that he sees CC moving in on a widowed man when he clearly liked his wife way more. And he's just kind of, you know, dishing it out because he knows how scummy Cece is being about
1: it. And realize he obviously has money, right? And this woman seems to be into the money more than
3: him and doesn't like the kids, obviously. Well, also, too, this is a great example of good writing. We all pulled that from just that one interaction. That's it. Yeah, this is well written for sure.
0: I think it's good because, like, this is an origin story, right? But not every little piece of everything needs to be explained to us throughout. Some of it you could pick up on just through dialogue and through just, you know, reactions and how people interact with one another.
2: Yeah, like you didn't need this big scene of them playing like a song in the basement with mama's guitar.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But in any event, Niles walks in and says that there's a nanny waiting to be interviewed. And he said, what happened to the old one? And Niles tells him, Brighton staged another fake suicide. Best one yet. Spread eagle on (laughs) on the marble with ketchup trickling out of his ears.
1: Did anybody at this point see all the weird parallels to the movie of the same year, Mr. Nanny?
0: No. no. I, I have not seen Mr. Nanny in a long, long time, if we're being honest.
1: So just follow me here for Great a second movie. down this road. So Mr. Nanny comes out the same year, right? It's about a guy who becomes a nanny for these rich kids who have a deceased mother. The one kid, they keep playing pranks and fake suicide things. The daughter in Mr. Nanny is the youngest daughter in the nanny. It's the same actor huh. who plays her. It's just like this weird thing. Wow, where they both... I never
2: thought about that. Yeah, yeah, but he's like a he's like a secret agent.
0: Oh, like no, Hulk Hogan gonna... worked at a bridal shop. Yeah, do you remember that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's like actually Heather's moving in here. Later. I mean, that's a
0: good call. I mean, you figure the, the way the timeline works, it's too tight for one to be pulling from the other. It's just kind right, of right. So they're independently
1: of each other. The same storyline, only one's a movie and one's a TV show. Can you imagine if either of them switched
4: main characters? Well, Jay mentioned it earlier. He was just talking about Tony Dan's name, but it is very similar to Who's the Boss.
1: That's true, too. This
4: definitely pulls from Who's the Boss. Predates yeah. both of them by, like, almost 10 years. What year did this start, Jay?
0: 93.
4: Yeah, so they were 84 for Who's the Boss. So
0: Who's the Boss, which is definitely on the list. I think we've oh, talked yeah, yeah. about it a few oh,
4: times.
1: Yeah. Who's the Boss is more like a working class version of this, though, where, like, Angela's not rich.
4: Yeah, but she's like that uppity A-type, like...
2: Mr. Sheffield is.
1: Yeah, she's definitely like above his social class.
2: I'm sorry, Frank, you
0: said we can't do who's the boss?
2: If we cover who's the boss, it's going to be two hours of Joe talking about having sex with Mona.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Uh, fair. To be fair, Mona all day long. Mona in soap?
0: (laughs) You want to make her Mona? In soap. The whole whole fake suicide thing, which is dark. dark. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely, again,
2: a joke they wouldn't do now. They don't even do it throughout the show. Like, I don't remember him ever being like that other than in this pilot.
0: Also using spread eagle. I was kind of surprised (laughs) to hear that term being used. Why? It's not dirty. Can be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think here's the problem. It's not dirty unless you say it to, like, anybody like us, and then it's immediately dirty.
0: In fairness, I want to say growing up, I was only made aware of that term for dirty reasons.
2: Why was he spread eagle for a fake suicide? Like, in like,
1: what context would his fake death be? He'd be spread eagle. Maybe he was a...
0: Artistic decision. What is it when the
1: horse pulls you apart? Is that drawn and quartered?
0: Yeah. You yeah, yeah. spread eagle for that?
1: I guess They're... so. Forced. He commits suicide by getting four horses to tear you apart. <laughs> the amount of work to do that would be so hard. So many carrots involved.
0: This is when CeCe's telling him, like, you know, we have all these big money people coming over for your party tonight. We can't have these children running loose. And that's, as you said earlier, the, not that I don't love them as if they're my own. And we head out, we see Fran now sitting kind of like trying to put together a makeshift resume with, I think, a lipstick on a piece of paper. And that's when the son walks out and he's like, pretending he just got stabbed in the chest or something like this. This one doesn't look like a suicide maybe just a murder. I mean, there are people who stab themselves
1: in the chest that way, depending on who you believe, Elliot Smith.
0: I was going to say, that's uh, controversial whether or not that's the, the actual case.
1: I'm just going to assume he was murdered by Courtney Love.
0: As as she's known to do.
1: <laughs> as, is her, as is her want.
0: Uh, no, in, in Samurai's.
1: That's true. Yeah, seppuku. Yeah, but I think that's from the belly, and then you go up. It's not like a full
4: one stab. Yes, it is. It's a... Yeah, no, you, you stick it in, and you slide it over.
1: Yeah,
0: oh, and then really? you bend over, okay. and someone chops your head off. And now you know. Did anything... Really
4: quickly, I I just saw an article about seppuku. Apparently, there was like an entire army or something who had to commit seppuku because they had failed something. So like fifteen hundred of these dudes were all in one room of this giant like mansion, basically, and performed seppuku on themselves or whatever it's called. You can still see it today if you're in the basement of this place that the floorboards are completely soaked in blood. Oh, oh, that was fucking hot. crazy. Yeah.
1: Anyways. Cool. <laughs> Uh, you said it was 1,500. I'm guessing it was 1,499 because the last guy was just holding out till everyone else is dead and like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> April <laughs> yeah. Fool's, motherfucker. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to start over with a new name somewhere. I'm not going to do this.
0: But uh, yeah, moving on. Fran, unfazed by his theatrics, asks him for a pen. And this is when the father walks out and says, Brighton, you're losing your touch and introduces himself and his son to Fran. And she says, wait, I know you, Esquire. New York's 10 most eligible widowers.
1: Also a dark article.
0: Yeah, my condolences, by the way. But yeah, what a what a weird dark article to put out. Like, this
1: guy's dreamy. He's got a lot of money and his wife's fucking dead. And he's looking for you. Like, Good geez, news, guys. ladies.
0: Some of the most. <laughs> Here's your top 10 men who just suffered a tremendous loss in their families. He's got a lot of money and probably night terrors. He can be yours. Is he has? Like, you read Esquire? Well, when they list the 10 most eligible widowers, I do exactly the same thing I was thinking. Like, what a dark article to pop up. It could have just been most eligible bachelors. It didn't have to be widowers.
1: Yeah, he could still be an eligible bachelor just because his wife, he's single because his wife passed away. I feel like you don't need the extra caveat. Uh, I feel like, though, make a note of that. I want to look up if that's an actual article. End up on eBay buying back issues of Esquire from like 1993.
0: It's research. So he invites her further into the house, you know, like have a seat. And as they're walking along, she says, Oh boy, do you have some gorgeous tchotchkes? And he like, gets startled thinking that he, she's talking about his ass <laughs> and like turns around, says, I beg your pardon. It's like, you know, like bric a brac, dust collectors. Now, what do you
3: guys call them? Cause like that's a term for like it, it, knickknacks and whatnot. Do you yeah, guys have, like a knickknacks. Name? It I was guess. pretty
1: close to tchotchkes, which I've heard. Or were tchotchkes. Cause I've got, t- I've got tons of stuff like that, like all over our house. But I do enjoy the term she said, dust collectors, because that is, a wholly accurate term. Exactly oh my god, yeah. yeah.
0: That that hit home the second she said it. As I, I look around. call it, it my shit. In.
1: Look at all my shit. <laughs> Is he Ferg's host? He's got such a cool shit. <laughs> Is that Kaka,
0: Mr. Furlong, you have such nice <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like your chops,
1: Fergie.
0: Oh, stop me getting me hot. Can we have chicken for dinner? In silence? And then it. she hands him her resume, and he goes, crayon? She's like, lipstick ah of course and what a lovely shade and that's the first time she laughs for him (laughs) we got one earlier when she was talking to her boyfriend a quick one so they did want you to they made her laugh like a catchphrase
1: yeah i was gonna say now i don't want people to think that we're like making fun of her laugh
0: no it is highlighted as a piece of this
1: we all find her attractive she's funny she's great everyone's a fran drescher fan like, it's a character in the TV show. They use her laugh as a gimmick.
0: Are you worried about the backlash? Like, we're going to get hate mail? Like, how dare you mock her laugh?
1: Yeah, because I'm worried about the franatics coming at us yeah. and being like, you said some nice things, but you said some shitty things, too. They're called the
4: frantics. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Frantic, frantics. It's not
4: like Roseanne, who, like, sounds annoying anyways. Like, it's a, it's like a voice, kind of like... um.
0: Uh, no offense to Roseanne, too, but... <laughs> Rosaniacs.
4: What's her name from uh, Will and Grace we just did? Ron Swanson's wife in real life. Oh, right? Megan right. Mullally. Um, Megan Mullally. Yeah, like that was a voice. Like even in the pilot we did, like it, she wasn't putting it on, and that's kind of what Fran Drescher does. She amps it up, obviously. She doesn't actually sound like that. But
2: what about uh what's her name? The character from Friends that's basically Fran Drescher. Oh yeah, um, Janice. Janice. Yeah. yeah.
3: I will say this: that if someone does give us hate mail, I'm just gonna send them a voice recording going. So they're going to send you a letter through hate mail and you're somehow going to find their
1: phone number and then hope that they don't answer so that you can leave them a voicemail.
3: Stop. You're the only person that thinks when I say mail, when I say hate mail, you're the only person that thinks someone's going to be like, dearest Gordo.
1: I'm sorry. When you say mail, you didn't say hate voicemail. No, they're going to leave us a DM, bro. Most, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> well, if you leave
2: us a DM, make sure it's on Apple Podcasts. With a
0: five-star review, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then Gordon will
1: pay the overage and shipping to send your package wherever you want to go.
0: As he's reviewing the resume, he's like, oh, Miss Fine, you seem to have listed the Queen Mother as a reference. It's like, wait, no, no, that's not the Queen Mother. That's my mother from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> like a cute joke. Or was it
2: funny on the show. It made me laugh hearing you say it.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I
2: enjoyed you saying it much more than that. You know what's
0: funny? As I did it, I tried to tone down the accent because I felt like we were leaning in too hard.
2: All right, you go big or go
0: home, bruh. Uh, well, right after this, we meet uh, his two daughters because we've only met the son so far. The two walk in, and you, you get a good vibe for both of them right away. The youngest daughter is Maggie. What's the oldest daughter? I'm forgetting her name at the moment.
1: Grace. It's Grace. Maggie is the... Older one, Grace is the younger one.
0: Oh, I thought Maggie was the younger one. I'm sorry. So yeah, the two of them walk in. Fran sees Maggie for the first time. She's like, oh, look how gorgeous you are. Look at your hair. Like, you know, you can't get that color from, you know, out of the bottle. No way. And you meet, like, Maggie, who's very, I don't know, a self-confidence the way. She's just a little more shy and reserved. Timid. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And she uh portrays that, yeah, portrays that very well right off the bat. And the brother makes fun of her right away because he's like, she really lights up a room, doesn't she? The brother
1: definitely has that like future stand-up comedian vibe that they give a lot of young siblings in these shows where it's like the brother's just going to be like boom 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 like insult comic.
4: You know what is weird about the brother that I remembered noticing even back in the day and then it hit me again? He looks like he could legitimately be Mr. Sheffield's son. Like they are very similar faces. Like they don't obviously don't have the same color hair or anything, but they just remind me of each other for some reason. I don't know why.
0: I didn't um I don't know. That didn't really like pull me that way i I mean, I'll believe it for the sake of the show cuz they don't look I don't like, to a point where it's not believable, but I don't know. I guess that didn't really like I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, his hair color. He looks like he's Miles' kid and that brings all sorts of questions up.
0: Uh-oh. Niles, right? It's Niles. I think we've i think we've all gone back and forth, but I believe his name is Niles. Niles.
1: Yeah, I think I was gonna because Niles is also the character of Frasier. That's what I was... thought. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah.
0: I said Niles, and I think someone said Miles, and then I was like, "Am I thinking Niles because of Frasier? But wait, yeah. is it
1: not
2: Niles? Because I've called him Niles my whole life. It is
0: Niles.
1: Okay, <laughs> I thought to think I'm crazy. Like the river in Egypt. Uh, the one thing I recognized him from. Well, there's two things I recognized him from. One was from the Hunt for Red October, and for some reason, submarine movies come up a lot in this podcast. Who Niles? Yeah, but he's also in the movie Canine which is the buddy cop movie with Jim Belushi, the patron saint of this podcast, and the dog. So <laughs> uh, I can't wait till we have a Patreon someday and we just review every Jim Belushi movie.
4: Speaking of dogs, wasn't wasn't Maggie in Beethoven? I think the
0: first three. Yeah. Out of what, 50?
4: <laughs> yeah. Once Charles Grodin's not in them anymore, you can stop watching. Right. She plays the daughter whose name is Rice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interesting. Grace... <laughs> Mr. Sheffield asked Grace how therapy went today and asked if there's any breakthroughs. She said how Dr. Bourne and I did some regressions. She took me back through my childhood. And Fran's like, must have been a quick trip because she's what?
1: She's like six.
4: Yeah. She can't be older than six, seven. Yeah.
0: She goes, oh, you have no idea how complicated I am. (laughs) I thought she'd like delivered that really well. I think she's actually, for her age, did a really good job acting in this episode. Yeah. They didn't give her too much either. All
3: three kids were fantastic in this. Usually, with child actors, it's like hit or miss, but like all three of them are spot on.
2: And as uh, Nick brought up earlier in private conversation, you know, she's known <laughs> from Californication, which is like a great show.
3: I've never seen that show.
2: You Fans would definitely. love that show. It, you, you would love that show. It seems like check the kind out. of show I would like. That would make sense
1: after we finish Shameless.
4: A hundred percent.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it's on. It's on that level. You, you'll like it. As we try to power through the last 400 episodes of Shameless, that show keeps going.
3: Yeah, to a fault. Is that named after the Red Hot Chili Pepper song? You, no, you have to see the show to understand why it's called that. Oh, fornication. I mean, you know that's what the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> yeah, that's song that's is awesome.
4: about too,
3: right? No, I didn't.
4: <laughs> I get it. I love Gordo's realizations on this podcast. There's so many
0: of them. You can like, literally see the light bulb shine above his head sometimes.
1: He's like one of those super villains whose brain throbs when he learns something. It's <laughs> just like every time it happens, like his glasses get a little tighter.
0: As they're talking about the therapy, I like that Brighton brings up, well, yeah, it's a lot easier than talking to us directly. So I like that they do establish a lot with this, like even with these throwaway joking lines, because he's a widower, he doesn't quite know how to deal with his kids and deal with their trauma from losing their mother, and he just ships them to therapy, even though they're. They seem fairly put together, right? They're not that bad that they really need all this, but I think he doesn't know how to handle it from the
1: parental standpoint. They set up, too, because they reference her as Sybil in this, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Sybil, but that's the um, Sally Field movie where the woman has uh, multiple personalities. So it's like kind of a throwaway thing, too, where they're like even throwing that, like, this girl's got a lot of mental problems that she's going to have to deal with.
3: I thought of Sybil Shepard. Uh, well, who
1: would have had a TV show on probably run this? I think the show Sybil was probably on the sitcom at the same yeah, time as this, too.
0: That's the only Sybil that I know. Brighton also um, follows through with the line. Come on, Grace. Uh, let's leave father alone and hire someone else to take care of his problem children. So it all goes together, right? The same as the line with the with the therapy and how he doesn't want to talk to us. He's really like he lashes out, but he's making very clear why he's lashing out.
1: That's also like a direct line from Mr. Nanny. Is it? They say that in Mr. Nanny. Yeah cuz that's the other conceit with the kids are like including the kid from this but the dad is like he they don't want to deal with us and instead of Niles they have the maid. It's just it's a weird parallel. You guys have to rewatch Mr. Nanny. You won't enjoy it. It's not a good watch is not it? it
2: is a good movie and the dad in that doesn't work is is working for the government. That's why he's not around the kids as much, right? It's
1: first you betray me, then you mock my hair?
2: <laughs> I have it on
0: DVD. I have a combo DVD with that and Suburban Commando.
1: Oh, we should watch that.
0: I was going to say, it's we're about to hit a really rough weather time, but...
1: Well, that makes sense, because what is the most famous thing about Suburban Commando? Getting frozen today. I was frozen today. Well, I was saying,
0: I, I, I'd always be more than happy to have you guys over in the yard to like do it on the projector or something, but we can always just plan a movie night somewhere.
1: Just do that in the middle of the dead of winter, like it's The Shining, just sitting out freezing, watching Suburban Commando for no reason <laughs> at
0: all. As the kids walk away, Mr. Sheffield kind of apologizes and says, you know, I'll show you to the door it was like she's like wait one my ass remark from the kid and i don't get the job that's not fair and it was like no like i need some help here like more than like what can be provided by a door to door cosmetics girl but it was kind of like you were open to the idea until like they were all around like it really isn't her fault she didn't do anything right or wrong in that moment
2: also that never came up
1: how does he know she's a cosmetics girl that's true. He sees the he picks up the case for her, but
3: no one. He's had no interaction with her.
0: Uh, ago. well, I guess she might have wrote it in lipstick on that resume that she. Was yeah. On. Uh,
3: maybe. Do you think like I? I mean, I don't know anything about Mary Kay salesman. Joe mentioned like the pink Cadillac. Do you think like the pink briefcase is also a thing? Now, no, I think Jay's right. I think it was probably on her
4: like resume. Like that was probably she probably wrote it down.
1: It's probably like shop girl or whatever for X amount of years and then cosmetics, salesman, whatever.
2: It's supposed to be she was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more.
0: That didn't happen. He tried to send her away. He did. She was there to sell makeup. I wouldn't mind seeing more. Brand fine. More More butt. And he's fine, baby. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so as she's walking out the door or about to, the phone rings. And I don't know. I guess Mr. Sheffield, I get that he's rich and has a butler and stuff, but he seems very helpless. He just starts screaming like Niles, Niles. Yeah, he doesn't know how to answer a phone anymore. That was ten feet away from him. I mean, how much does he pay, Miles? I'd I'd want him to answer the
3: phone too. I mean, think about it. Think about it this way, though. Dude's rich. Probably doesn't want to answer the phone. He needs someone to screen them.
0: But you're right next to the phone at this point. When he's not answering you the first time, just yeah. It, but just, he's a,
3: he's a high level like what? what it, like a what's his job
2: title? Probably a producer, producer. So it's probably better to have your butler answer and
0: then do it just for, you know, aesthetically, yeah. Because he's not answering, Fran just grabs the phone and goes, oh, I'll just get it. She's like, Sheffield residents, like, oh, no, honey, it's Fran. He's like, give me the phone. And it uh, it was the nanny agency. You know, he goes, oh, okay, wait, no, Monday, that's not acceptable. Like, I need someone this weekend. So now we know that there's a problem, which is what creates this availability, right, for her to become the nanny, which was good. I think it's simple and it works right gets the call convenient television show timing but now he's forced to have to hire her because he's left with no options he has nobody for the weekend
1: one thing i love about this episode is that it's very much a sitcom right and i know that sounds like a weird thing to say but we've done a lot of sitcoms where we're like this doesn't feel like a sitcom that also just sets him up and knocks him down sets him up and knocks them down like you understand the whole plot and where this whole show is going to go in one episode which is what a pilot should do and this is a classic like he needs her for the weekend, so he's going to give her a shot and go. Like, you don't have to think about it too much.
0: I was wondering this, though. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just drawing comparisons to, like, I'm thinking of, like, what's another rich family show? And I was thinking of Fresh Prince. Do they need a nanny or can, like, Niles just kind of double down? And as long as you feed the kids, they're old enough that they're, like, a little self-sufficient.
2: Nah, Niles is busy wiping Mr. Sheffield's
0: ass. So, I don't know. It just seems like maybe... We didn't need a nanny in this situation, but
2: I
4: feel like Niles is more geared towards helping Mr. Sheffield where the nanny is about the kids only.
0: Like I guess for like homework purposes and stuff like that, like you needed an extra set of eyes. He offers her the job. She's, you know, very thankful. We get a nice hug. So maybe the first time, cause I think we're to understand right away that this is where this is going to go. Right. You're made to not like CC right off the bat. You're kind of Without her giving much reason yet, other than not liking the kids a little upfront in their dialogue, you, you're to establish that she's kind of the person who's going to roadblock, but you want to see Fran and Sheffield get together.
4: I disagree. I feel like I know that because I've seen the show, but I did not really
2: get that vibe from them at all in this. Just episode.
0: knowing sitcoms, I think. I think you see a she,
2: sitcom. She's got a bit of a resting bitch face at all times. Like you can tell she's not who a good person. Yeah.
0: Well, C.C. right off the bat, like like I said, one of the first things, like we can't have those kids running around like they're not her kids. And she's like, she's looking at them as a problem. So I think the way that she first interacts and talks about the children, it gives you a reason to believe that she's not the one you want to see Mr. Sheffield with. And just because of sitcoms in general, the idea usually ends up becoming that there's some sort of a romantic interest down the line. So you're to believe that eventually those two would get together.
1: Yeah, I feel like just by knowing sitcoms, you think, like, there's going to be an episode later where she's mad because she wants to go on vacation and something happens with the kids that stops them from going, right? Like, you can foresee the plot points down the road.
0: But he does uh, let her know that it's a trial basis only for now. So, but she is, again, very, very happy. And then, like, upon accepting the job, she finds out that she's actually get, she, like, gets to move there, which um she was pretty excited about. And I guess has no qualms about just up and moving because she said she's 29 and she lives with her parents. So. No no, um, reason she can't move. Which
2: Niles immediately calls her out on. The which I
0: love thing. that because Niles goes 29 and she goes, don't start with me, Niles. And it just gives them a good dynamic right off the bat. Like they yep. have chemistry with one another.
1: And she would have actually in real life been like our age, she'd been like 36. I was going
0: to bring that up. Yeah. So I did the math and at the filming of this, she was 36, which um, a few of us are 36. I mean, we got a couple old guys in here too. But uh, as of the recording of this episode, I am 36 years old. And Ferg's birthday was a couple of days ago, so happy belated birthday, to Ferg! Happy Ferg. Happy yeah, birthday, thank you. So, so now <laughs> Ferg is no longer thirty six.
2: Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah,
0: he just gets older and older and older. It's insane. It's, it's, like,
2: it's like time keeps going.
4: Joe, you're about what six weeks away? Five yeah, weeks? next month.
0: End of next month. He's got a little time on. Him. He's got yeah, almost. Yeah, two it's months. right at the end. Right after Jesus' birthday. Yeah, we'll we'll be sure to wish you a happy birthday then when it comes up. So, the next scene, much like in Country Comfort, is breakfast time.
1: This is where, like, the fourth time she mentions flushing.
0: Yeah. So, she shows up and everyone's already sitting down about to eat. And she walks in their her bathroom. Everyone else is fully dressed. And it comes up because she comes down and she goes, Oh, like, oh, a jacuzzi tub, like, really pricks a girl up in the morning. Do you people sleep like that? And she goes, And uh, Sheffield goes, No, in a rather astounding coincidence, I sleep in a pair of pink fuzzy slippers just like yours, referencing how she's dressed. And he, she says a simple, we dress for breakfast would suffice. And tells now I was like, you need to tell me these things. He's like, I assumed breakfast, I guess like maybe with a more proper family. I mean, it's been years and years since I've had breakfast with my family. Yeah. But thinking back to when I was a kid and that was a thing, like we didn't, you eat in like your pajamas and then you get changed, right? I've,
4: I've mentioned this on multiple. I think the one that stands out to me is home improvement. The depiction of mornings in. Family Households is so wrong in every single sitcom. Everybody's ready. Like, there's a dude, like, finishing up his homework. They're all dressed. Dinner's, or breakfast is made. And it's just so not what happens. Yeah. Everybody's slept too long. Everybody is rushing. It's dark.
1: It's, it's chaos, weird. yeah. Yeah,
4: like, it's, it's a chaos, exactly. Someone's
1: not making bacon. and <laughs> A bunch of people are, like, sitting around yeah. the table. It's, no, you're it's... eating cereal and running around.
0: You give them a little bit of a pass because they have a butler? Well, Yeah. But yeah, in general, just the idea of you getting dressed for breakfast is not how the average household would ever.
4: Never mind themselves. the conversation. Like the, it's always like conversations happening at that early in the morning. Like you're gonna be at school at what eight a.m. So you're up eating breakfast a little after seven, probably. Like it's it's just grunts at that point. Like, and uh, flying yeah. out of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: she makes herself a plate of food, which I like because now her mind's are like you know, you can go back for more because she's scooping a lot on the plate. And she's like, where does the the nanny normally sit? It's like, oh, the previous one sat in the kitchen. She's like, that's anti-social. She just grabs a chair and pulls it right up. And I do like that she's very comfortable. And I, I was waiting for, that's mama's chair. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, it's very, I don't know, her being that comfortable with the family is realistic. There are people, you know, that are like that, who just inject themselves in and have no qualms about like, Like the social cues that go along, I guess.
1: Yeah, immediately comfortable.
0: So her like abrasiveness kind of works. And I I really liked it.
1: I do like too that their breakfast is so fancy. It's like under a cloche.
0: It's very like hotel breakfast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although they don't have those little uh, things where you squeeze it and the fucking cereal comes out, which I love those in the hotels.
0: Yeah. Go to the the waffle dispenser. They do. They have batter dispensers. Uh,
1: Yeah. Most
2: continental breakfasts have the waffle dispensers. I love those yeah, things. Yeah, it's like a, like a...
0: I know the waffle maker, but is that where the batter is?
1: Yeah. The waffles come, The batter comes out of those things now, too, yeah, so you can just yeah. put it into the thing. I
0: stand corrected. I apologize. She's going over with the kids, like, oh, what are we going to do today? Like, we want to go to, you know, walk in the park, go shopping. And it gets brought up, like, oh, like, we have to go somewhere because father kicked us out again because, um, you know, he's getting ready for the party. And Mr. Sheffield says, like, I'm just asking you to not torment the caterers while they're preparing for the soiree. And she's like, oh, a soiree, huh? And she talks about her sister, who's a caterer. And she does a uh, porco de pruno, right? Por- porco de pruno. Which, yeah, porco porco de pruno. Which, uh, she says that's French for pork and prune, that's a real dish. I don't oh. think she pronounced it the proper way. But that is, and I looked it up, and like there was no way I was going to say it properly. But um, that is an actual dish, pork and prunes. All
1: I could like think of is pruno is what you call prison wine. So in my head, she was like, Pairs nicely with a nice wine we made in the toilet. Now, for, now I'll I'll say this honestly. suitable for flushing.
0: I, have you guys have you guys ever had prunes? I've smelled them. I don't yes. think I've ever
4: eaten a prune. Plenty of raisins. I mean, it's probably been in something I've had and I didn't know it. But I've I've never set out and like had prunes. No, I don't think.
3: According to to Google here, Pour les pruneaux. What? Oh les pruneaux.
2: Oh, all right. Lisez la v
1: jay i think you just offended any french listeners with that i'm no, sorry
2: that was
0: just <laughs> shitting on accents yeah. jay hates foreigners no that's not true that was not clear at all the, the audio we heard was not clear
1: we'll let the listeners decide about that gordo in post and editing make it the most clear pronunciation ever. yeah he's gonna hire
0: a voice actor get on task rabbit but no i want to say with like as far as prunes goes i've never had one a week like Television brought us up to think that prunes are gross and it's just so old people can shit. So you just hear about prune juice and stuff. So I always, um,
4: you know, put them in the same category as like a date almost, which is, they are. Dates are really good. Um, isn't, so what's a date? Date is a dried plum. No, a prune no, is a dried prune plum. Prune is a dried plum. A date is its own thing, right? A date's it just, its own thing. They just yeah, have yeah. dry dates. But I think they're just, I think they are similar. It's closest to a raisin.
0: It's yes. A, a raisin yeah, right. is a dried grape, and a prune is a dried plum. But we go, ew prunes, and again, it's because we were we were raised to think that it's just for old people. It's not a stigma. They fucking smell. Brussels sprouts, also. Thank you. I just could not think of the
1: word Brussels sprouts. I mean, my first Brussels sprout at like twenty eight, and I was like, this is wonderful. Brussels
0: sprouts is before. a little different though, but prunes more like candied. Like we've gone over this before. We talked about Halloween candy because Ferg, you don't like raisins either, though.
2: No. I'll eat raisins if they're in a chocolate like, trail mix. Oh, what about great. oatmeal raisin cookies?
4: Those are my favorite. But those like are good.
0: Hey, I like raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out perfect <laughs> raisins. Wait a minute. Is. Like, you you never just like had a box of raisins like when have, the you get the no, little mini boxes. Alone.
4: To be fair, I don't like that either. Like I wouldn't just handful raisins into my mouth. I don't dislike raisins, but uh I don't like them that much. Yeah, I did as a kid, but I haven't in a very
0: long time. I I wouldn't say I recently had one, but if you know, we we were freshly removed from Halloween, right? If someone had, like, extra Halloween shit out and there was, like, little boxes of the sun-made raisins, I would have one.
2: And they will give you Halloween shit.
0: I had some recently. <laughs> it's not
3: bad. Prunes? No, but my wife eats prune candy all the time. and I've like, heard of
4: prune candy, yeah.
3: Because it's really big in, like, Eastern Europe. Like, it's, it's what they have.
4: Yeah, I mean, I love plums, so. Isn't one of the, I forget the name of the alcohol. If you said it, I would know it. It's a prune-based liquor, I think. is like super popular over there. Yes. Is it like a liquor?
0: Yeah. Y- yeah, but yeah. It's, n- it's
4: not like it's super harder. weak. It's a little strong. But, I
0: know um, what you're talking about, too, and I do not know it off the top of my head. Yeah. You know I mean, who I- would know? I- Google. I do, I do like... Oh, Rigorna's
3: wife. Is she home? She is. She's in the other room. Would you like me to go ask her? Hey, you just mute and yell. Schneevovitsa. Oh, Schneevovitsa. All right. So that
4: I was thinking of Slivovitsa.
3: Yeah, slivovitz and slivovica, I'm sure, is the Polish version of that. And my wife in the back said, yep.
4: Yeah, I've had it. Um, there's a guy who runs a restaurant here in Winthrop who is Eastern European. I forget where exactly he's from. And he gave us some slivovitz and it was really tasty.
0: So basically a fermented prune juice.
4: He also gave it to us for free because he undercooked a sausage for us.
0: <laughs> oh, like, so you're gonna have food poisoning tomorrow. Why don't you put some prune alcohol so on So, either top way, of he's it? like, sorry that I just gave you the shits. Here's more shits.
2: <laughs> hey, fun <laughs> yeah, prune fact, they can last in your pantry for six months. Oh, wow. That's actually not as much time as I would And they have can last in your bowels for six minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's steer this ship away from that conversation, please. Now, when I
2: share those, I can share it on uh Reddit R slash prunes. Prunes, yeah. <laughs>
1: look guys if you get an hour in great prune conversation
0: (laughs) yeah in any event she offers mr sheffield like oh i can have her you know take care of that for if you want some of that pork into pruno and he's like oh uh thank you but no thanks i think cc made all the arrangements and she goes cc what's a cc and grace goes or maggie i believe actually said that's father's lady friend he clarifies as just a business associate but i don't believe him I don't know if it's because we know more about the show, but I don't believe him in this moment, especially where the kids think that way as well.
1: Yeah, if the kids are calling her his lady friend. The kids, I think it's a safe assumption. Yeah,
0: and she goes, Fran goes. Well, I just hope there's enough food. You know, uh, shiksas are notorious for not ordering enough food. Booze, yes, but food, uh, not so much. And I looked it up. So shikska is like just kind of like a derogatory term towards certain girls, like non-Jewish. Yeah, it's kind of like um. Like it sounds kind of like an arm piece because he even asked like, Oh, is that like a is like, uh, yes, but it uh, costs a lot more, so essentially just saying that like, <laughs> yes, essentially it is a, a like a trophy girl uh, uh, the way she kind of presented
1: yeah. it it's a big thing on Seinfeld, and i I meant to look it up if the episode of Seinfeld where like most people would probably know the word for the first time from came before or after this episode because it's in the it, we're right in the middle of Seinfeld's run, too,
0: and uh she does call right as they're talking about her and Niles tells Mr. Sheffield, he goes, oh, uh, thank you. I'll take her in the library. And he goes, Miss Babcock loves being taken in the library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. A lot of dirty jokes. <laughs> I love yeah, it Gets pretty sexual. Niles is great. I, I, I do love his character. So now that um, Mr. Sheffield's left breakfast, it's just Fran with the kids. And she's like, oh, so we're having a party. Like, what are we going to wear? And they make it known like, oh, we're not invited to the party. She's like, what are you talking about? Your father's paying for it of course we're invited she tells maggie to bring a date and it's like oh maggie doesn't date it's like no um yeah boys haven't noticed me yet and that's when her brother's like oh they've noticed that's why they don't date you
3: i love that's a good line
0: and actually um and they call him they call him out because she goes what's wrong with you and the youngest daughter gracie was like oh middle child syndrome
1: i don't think it's possible that people who are middle children will say things that are inappropriate to get themselves in trouble that doesn't sound like anybody
0: well is the is the one middle child in the group defending middle ch- children right now <laughs>
1: wait a minute here wait a minute how many things have you had to end out of this podcast because there were things yeah. i said knowingly would not make it out of this every podcast. single episode
0: yeah so thank you for being the glowing example of middle child syndrome and that's when he says oh thank you sybil as you said earlier so Fringe's basically comes in and she's like, you know, like enough of all this. We're going to the party. Like, let's go out and, you know, I'll get you guys all prepared for it. And she walks off and the kids are talking amongst themselves. And uh, it's like, oh, dad's going to hate this and Cece's going to freak out. And that's when, you know, the brother's like, oh, it sounds like a party to me. I, I think they all kind of like the idea of even like the daughters who aren't as big into lashing out. I think kind of like the idea of stirring things up a little bit. They all seem on board for this.
1: There's also another big TV and movie trope, too, where it's like, we're having an adults-only party, and you have to be upstairs, and the kids always find a way down. Yeah, definitely a trope.
0: What an awkward thing to, like, just lock your kids up. It's like, oh, there's going to be, like, food and music.
1: You can smell all this food and hear all this fun stuff going on. You will be in your bedroom.
0: We'll, uh, we'll slide a plate of hors d'oeuvres under the door. So, the next scene, we're now back in the bridal shop where Fran used to work, which I thought was kind of a weird move on her part. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's not just a bridal shop? Yeah, I guess um, there's probably dresses for the bridal party and stuff that aren't necessary. yeah, so, like, that's possible. And we see her with Maggie kind of looking at some dresses, and she's asking her what her favorite color is, and she's like, um, I don't know, beige? <laughs> what are your favorite colors? Did you need to inject a question that bad that you are like, we-, we really need a good side convo here? But I guess for the sake of argument, like, green, I guess, but I wear mostly black. Red. I really like orange. No, I like orange too, yeah. I like red. Green is secondary though.
1: I like a good like forest green. Like cerulean blue. It's like a gentle breeze.
0: These are the things you ask on a date if you have nothing else. Like there's no chemistry. So favorite color? You ever watched The Nanny? Bran walks over to Gracie and she's like, oh, how you doing, honey? And she just goes, I'm feeling empty and alone. (laughs) It's like, what? Again, so much weird dark humor injected in what's basically a very upbeat, bubbly show. A lot of dark humor injected into it, which I think gives it a lot of character.
1: Like oh, we talk for a second, too, about... Uh,
0: being empty and alone? Being sure. empty and alone, because
1: I, I don't want to derail this conversation, but I could use a conversation with all of you. Uh, but no, I was going to say, what Fran uh, is wearing here is the best shirt ever. It is, like, black polka dots, and the collar of the shirt is watermelon print. It's, like, the most insane-looking shirt I've ever seen.
0: You know, it's one of those... I remember... And I don't know if I've ever said it on here... I remember when we're in the 90s, when we're younger and thinking about like how 80s had such a look and the 70s, had such a look and thinking the 90s doesn't have a look like as you're in it, you don't see it. then you look back to the 90s and go, oh, the 90s had a look. Oh, it was
1: terrible. It was a terrible
0: look. (laughs) That's when they just went crazy with patterns and just went like, just throw shit against the wall. Do whatever
1: the fuck you want. The 90s has some weird like phased looks too, right? Because not only a couple years after this, you're talking like Genco's. No, that's early 2000s. Jenko's? Jenko's? No, that was 90s. That would have been like when we were in middle school.
0: They kind of crossed right into each other. No, no, late, late 90s, late 90s.
1: Were Heely's 90s? Were those the freestyle walking shoes?
0: I always try to judge things by where we were in school. And I remember Jenko's from middle school. We got out of middle school in the year 2000. So it would be late 90s. And Heely's and soaps. Soaps, soaps are right what I was
1: thinking time. of, yeah.
2: I remember I bought a pair of soaps, but in like my late 20s,
0: I can't do them. Why? Wait, they still make them? Or did you yeah. find like a warehouse sale?
1: <laughs>
2: I found them on eBay. I'm like, this is gonna be awesome.
0: You know what's funny? It probably went so it went so bad that we're only finding out about it years later. <laughs> <laughs> like he privately bought soaps. And privately tested them out. Like Ferg's up in the morning <laughs> and he's
1: uh, he's got a thing of, like a candle and he's waxing a curb outside of his house. I would <laughs> I would get back,
2: go into like a full sprint, hit the curb, and not move at all. I didn't even have the funness of like a fall for a story. I just <laughs> Stop (laughs) it's like nothing. I was like, this (laughs) sucks. These are uncomfortable and they suck.
1: That's the kind of thing where you feel bad. You know, there's like a landfill somewhere where they just had to dump in like a fucking million of those little uh plastic like replacement pads for those shoes that never sold. Well, if you remember, (laughs) we have a friend
4: who uh, I won't name him, but thought it was a good idea to do gym class
0: wearing soaps and ended up breaking his leg. I want to bring up to those of you who don't know, soaps were a Shoe designed for freestyle walking, which was basically I don't have a skateboard, I'm just gonna do it with my feet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was like freestyle walking, uh, was I guess the precursor to parkour.
0: Yeah, so yeah, where the arch of your shoe was like in in the sneaker was uh, like a plate instead, so you can like run up and slide on like the corners of um steps and things like that.
4: It's rollerblading without wheels, is really all it is.
3: No, that was Healy's. Soaps were where you could grind. Well, no. Heelies have wheels. That's that would be
4: the hence without wheels part from this
0: comment. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. So what I remember back then and having multiple people who had them was people would wear them in school, like when we're in middle school and stuff. And you you walk down the steps and like most times they not. Someone would catch the corner of the step on Whee! that part of it and just go fucking ass over all the time. It was just I never had a pair. Um, unfortunately, unlike Ferg. I always found that really funny. I wanted them back
2: then, so I'm like, you know what? I'm in my 20s. I'm going to fucking live this dream.
0: Which is why Ferg now owns a new pair of moon shoes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that I did through my son. I never got moon shoes, so I bought Max a pair and just watched him have fun, which he used once.
1: (laughs) You should have got a pair. You could have wore them on the Munsters today because I'm pretty sure that's what Herman is wearing, just spray painted black in that (laughs) terrible pilot.
0: Uh, yeah, for those of you who want to listen back, you can listen to our Monsters Today episode or go even further back and listen to our actual regular Monsters episode. To go back to our episode of The Nanny right now, after she says that she's feeling empty and alone, Frances goes, uh, do you want a Tic Tac? And she uh, gladly accepts. And I just kept thinking about, like, Tic Tacs were my go-to Tic tac. Back in the day, it was just the orange one, which does zero for your breath. No, they're just delicious. They
1: are yeah.
2: really good. Yeah, they're though, just yeah. candy at that they're point.
0: They're just tasty orange candy, but Tic Tacs were essentially supposed to be breath mints.
1: It's the equivalence of Luden's cough drops.
2: So The green just and good.
0: white ones work
1: as a mint. Do they? Yeah. Although the white ones have a little bit of vanilla in them, too, which is kind of counterproductive.
0: But yeah, the thought process was, oh, these are for your breath. Our most popular flavor, orange.
1: That's also like, oh, do you want something that'll make your breath fresh? And do you want to sound like chick chick chick, chick everywhere you go like it's it's a good
0: you're basically putting a little maraca in your pocket right
1: i like tic tacs but like yeah it's just an annoying sound
0: we also convert over to fran walking to the desk where her friend works that we would have seen in the intro of the show too in the first uh scene and she's like oh tell me about your new job who's the guy where's the house and she's like oh i brought pictures and she like goes into her bag and she has like developed photos to show her everything which i guess that really dates the show Nowadays, it would be as easy as scrolling yeah. through the phone. Yeah. Like, I put them on Instagram.
2: <laughs>
0: there's also a point, too, where by showing her, she's showing her pictures of everyone and, like, Mr. Sheffield, and she admits that, like, oh, that's my boss. Cute, huh? So it does show you that there's a little, you know, she's acknowledging that he's an attractive man.
1: And his hair's all his? Yes.
0: She tells her that, you know, when she sees the picture of the house, she's like, oh, it's like living at Caesar's Palace, which this year
1: would have hosted WrestleMania 9.
0: Oh, ah it's crazy actually good call owned by donald trump right at the time did he have caesars
1: no he didn't have caesars no. he had um, oh he had
0: trump uh, pa- trump Yeah,
1: hey, atlantic city yeah trump gets on
4: a couple call outs in this episode
0: yeah that's why i wanted to bring that up
1: yeah there's a whole bunch of Ivan- ivanka stuff later so i was trying to
0: link because isn't trump Ivana. linked to part of wrestlemania 9 i know he helped with a couple of the earlier ones but i
1: th- no, he just did four and five
0: ah, i thought he had some some ties to getting them into vegas too but maybe not. Maybe it was, that was the, the Atlantic City stuff from the year. I know one. that. And then I know
2: later in life, he uh, helped Bobby Lashley defeat Vince McMahon.
0: Let's go, Bobby.
2: Here you go, Bobby.
1: WWE Hall of Famer.
0: We live in a weird world. I just, I'll just i leave it at that.
1: I will say, if somebody's going to be president who was a WWE Hall of Famer first, that's not the person I would have
0: suspected it would have been. Everyone thought it would be The Rock. I would have thought Drew Carey. The Rock said, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. So she starts talking about the kids, too. And she's like, the kids are going to need the most work. And she says, like, this one has no personality, referencing Maggie. And she's like, this one's got multiple personalities. And then you just shoot over to uh, Gracie, who's got, like, the the veil over her head. And she's just dancing around in circles. She's, again, I think for her age, she did a phenomenal job in this episode.
2: All the kids,
0: they're all great
2: actors. Because some of the lines they say, I think if anyone else said, I think I would shit on this show. And the kids make it
4: work. This is, like... One of those shows, too, where the kids aren't really, like, canon. Like, they're they're a focal point, so they definitely had to invest in casting them a little yeah. more. Yeah, you have to
1: get good kids. They did do
4: a good job, I think, yeah.
1: I mean, and again, even though it's a very low-budget movie, if you look at the youngest daughter, who I always feel like it's the hardest. I think some people think it's the easiest to cast the really young ones, but they're the ones who are going to grow, and you can't really tell if they're going to become bad actors. But at the same time, she's in a movie. She's in a TV show, right? Like, she's getting cast and stuff because she is good.
0: Then she goes to go to Brighton. And she's like, wait, where is Brighton? And he's under one of the mannequin's dresses. And he's like, are these dummies anatomically correct? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which means that he knows nothing about a fanny.
0: Yeah. It's just crazy that, again, like, these jokes are a little, a little more adult than you expect from, some of the, from a show like this sometimes.
1: Yeah, you don't expect a ten-year-old to make a mannequin pussy joke, but yeah. yet here we are in 1993.
0: You, you know what I meant, uh, meant to bring up too is, do you remember that the kid who plays the son in the show is also in the? Was it Mighty Ducks two three. or three? He's in three. three? He's in D three. Yeah, I don't remember him. Yeah, he's like the announcer. Like he's like calling the the game. Oh shit, that's right. That's because yeah. nobody likes three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: To be fair, three. Admittedly, I've seen the least. I never watched the TV show either. Is that worth watching? No, it was. And then it wasn't
0: the I saw the first
2: season. I didn't watch the second season Season yet. two, no Gordon Bombay. Not worth watching.
1: Oh, no, Emilio. I know. Watch. Yeah,
0: um, I'll probably watch it because I already watched the first season.
2: That's what I did. And I regret it.
0: Maybe we'll cover it here one day. Right. We might cover that one day. It's not really a sitcom.
2: Yeah, I, would, I haven't seen it, but I assume it's not a sitcom. No, it's, it's Disney-style sitcom. It when you look
0: yeah. at some of the shows we've done, it's more sitcom than some other shows we've done. So, yeah, so she pulls him out of there, and she's like, you're 10 years old. Can you just be normal? And he notices a cockroach and then asks if there's any rats there as well. And he goes, well, wait till Danny gets back. And then where is he anyways? Oh, he's getting his back waxed. Oh, good, then we'll be here all day. This looks like a man who has very little body hair, If, if referencing back to the first scene where we saw him. He looks like a man who stays uh, hairless at all times.
1: Waxing your back. I imagine that's going to hurt, too.
0: We've talked about this before. We've actually posted. If you go to our Instagram, you can find a video of Ferg getting his back waxed years ago. So be sure to go there, S21Pod.
1: I'm glad that they've created better options now where there are, like, actual razors and stuff for, like, that part of your body. Like, if you're going to do it, you don't have to wax or nair. Oh, I've been getting ads for this new one all the time now. I will say that I don't trust when they're like, use it in the shower. I'm like, hmm, I don't think I believe that, though.
0: Where else would you shape your back? Just in the bathroom, put a towel down?
1: Yeah. Well, if you're using a buzzer though, if you're gonna use a real razor in the shower, sure. Right? Because you can rinse off the blade. You can like rinse off the beck or whatever.
0: Oh, did he die?
2: He
1: dropped his back razor into the tub and (laughs) (laughs) cute. I plugged it in, it was low on battery. I think I'll be fine.
0: Finding out that he's getting his back waxed like, oh good, we'll have all day. We have to make Maggie beautiful. And Brighton's like, Yeah, that's not gonna happen. That's when Fran goes, hey, you know, be nice to your sister. Oh, why? Because we're family? Yes, but also because someday your father's going to be old and sick and you're going to want him to live with her instead.
1: Good line. The signal for yet another callback coming up. I feel yes. like there was
2: a missed opportunity. Why have them go back to the bridal shop if you're not going to have the guy there and have him see her with Mr. Sheffield and jump to conclusions and see, oh, she fell up and get jealous.
0: Well, there's no Sheffield here.
2: Well, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, it, sh- it should have been like, he shows up to get them, and then that guy's there, something like that. Yeah, he
0: could have saw the pictures, because she had pictures of him, right? Yeah. Like, hey, who's this guy over here? I am from New York, if that's not clear by how <laughs> I'm talking. And then the scene ends where she says, I'll see you later, and
1: slaps him on the back, and he goes like, ah, he just got waxed. <laughs> and she goes, "Ha ha ha
0: ha." It's like shavings of the back in here. When they're looking at this dress, she is a little nervous to put it on, Maggie. She's like, you know, it's, everyone's going to look at me. It's like, so what? So they're all going to think that you're beautiful. And she's like, I'm not good at that kind of stuff like you. And she's like, oh, do you think I was always that way? Like, look, when I was 14, and she's like, never mind, and moved on from it. You're going to get a call back later. <laughs> so many. The next scene, we get to the party itself. It's the opening shot. Like, you see um, someone giving Mr. Sheffield a check. So we know that this whole thing is to raise money for whatever production that he's working on. He walks over to Cece and goes, has anyone told you how handsome you're looking this evening? And I was like, what? Yeah. Weird thing to say. Now, they do call back to that later, but... It doesn't sound like this show. When he said that, I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> Usually when somebody says handsome about a woman, it's a joke that they're unattractive, right? But like, oh, it's a she's a very handsome lady. Like, that's the way that sort of joke is always used. So it was weird that this is not, this goes against type.
2: Is that supposed to be, like, some, like, rich hoity-toity way
0: of, like, speaking? Like, I don't, I've never heard... I've never heard, yeah, in a in a like like Joe said, I've never heard in a serious way.
1: I would say we could ask somebody rich, but I don't think we know anybody rich enough that would use the word handsome (laughs) in a rich way. Do we know a guy named Rich?
2: That we probably know.
1: I think that'll be easy to probably suss out. Yeah.
2: Oh, hello, Elon. Have you ever called anybody handsome?
1: (laughs) I mean, if you just look up the definition of
4: the word handsome, it says in parentheses of a man good looking. Right. So it's by definition. Uh, a male compliment
0: she takes it though she goes oh Maxwell you're such a flirt <laughs> you know they're talking about the party and that it's going well it's like the food's good the music's good and uh the guests obscenely wealthy she goes doesn't Ivana look marvelous my surgeon of course so the Ivana Trump reference the first time she gets brought up here
1: and didn't Ivana Trump just die under like crazy suspicious circumstances like a month ago
0: very recently yeah yes. where
1: she like quote unquote? fell down the stairs and now she's being quote unquote buried at mar-a-lago for not a quote unquote reason to make it a cemetery like the whole thing is so
0: wild yes yes all of that yes so niles walks up and he goes you know miss fine would like to have a word with you sir it's like oh really where is she and that's when you cut to the stairs and she walks down and she's in a very nice red dress and
1: jessica rabbit this is very jessica rabbit
0: yeah i get the you know the very deep like leg slit all the way up to like her waist level, basically, her fanny, and she looked. She looks very good. She, you know, she <laughs> looks great, and Cece's she, seeing her for the first time, and she's like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, that's the nanny." And then the musician, like the piano player at the party, just starts playing <laughs> a song. The close up on this dude as he started playing
1: fucking killed me because yeah. yeah. it was
4: so over animated and it was just like I was like what the fuck is happening
1: right now? I looked this guy up and he's an actual jazz musician. He only has a few credits because he's just a musician, right? Yeah, but like yeah, he was swinging for the fences on this
3: one. Like he gets all smiley and stares <laughs> yeah. at the camera. I didn't camera
0: know if it was like was that like a real song. I don't know if it was or not.
3: Lady in Red, I think so.
0: That's not that song. He wasn't playing like Lady, lady in Red. red like, that's not what he played. Dancing with me.
3: Oh, he said that Lady in the.
0: He said that Lady in Red, the fellas are crazy for the Lady in Red,
1: but. Yeah, I don't know that song. That's
0: not that song.
1: Who's the other Lady in Red? Is that Christopher Cross? Oh, crisscross Cross?
0: Yeah, crisscross Cross. Uh, we don't call crisscross Cross by their government name, Christopher Cross. He played Cross. a song
4: by uh, Louis Prima, the Lady in Red. Okay. I guess it is, a, it is a real song. I just don't think we've ever heard it.
0: But yeah, it was very, very weird that he just, it just cuts to him playing the piano and singing about her as she walks down the stairs.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine being that good of a musician, though, and having that quick of an everything? Where you're just like, is that a lady in red? I got a song for this. <laughs> like, just go right away. He's been waiting his whole life. <laughs> He's like, it finally happened. My thesis.
0: Mr. Sheffield, pretty distracted when he sees her. And he's like, oh, look at that dress. She's, She's like, Maxwell. He's like, what? You look nice, too. I said that. And she goes, handsome. You said handsome. So they do acknowledge that it was not normal for him to call her that. And she said, do you like it? I borrowed this from my cousin, Miss Long Island, 1989. And he goes, a very good year.
1: Which makes me think that he slept with her cousin.
0: No, I don't think that's it. I just think it was more like he's just flirting with her now.
1: Yeah, it was a wine joke. It's a wine joke, but it makes you think, like, when you say that it's a very good year, it's because you've tasted wines of that year. Has he tasted cousins of 1989?
0: I don't believe that's the case, though.
1: Are any cousins out there? Let me know.
0: Yeah. So she's like, oh, I just wanted to tell you that the children are ready. She didn't get dressed like that just to say that the children are ready. And he's like, for what? Oh, to come to the party. And he informs, her, like, they're not invited to the party. And she knew that. But she's like, oh, they're not? Is my face red? Like, she's. She's playing, like, you know, dirty tactics. She knew she was pushing the line, which really, we talk about how comfortable she was right away, but she had no qualms pushing boundaries from the minute she meets them.
1: Yeah. Again, I think this is a good kind of character trait for her to show so much in a pilot, too, right? Because you, again, you have the feeling of like, okay, I know what this woman's going to be like for the whole of the series and like what this dynamic's going to be.
0: And that's when we start to see these kids, you know, one at a time they all come out. First, it's, She's in a nice, cute dress.
1: She's like a cute little girl dress.
0: And she mentions that she got she got it for seventy percent off at some like department store. And then you know the son comes in and it's like, oh, hey, Dad, surprised. He says, oh, no tricks. He's like, no, nope, best behavior. And he does seem to be looks like he's going to actually be a good kid in this in this situation. I saw the frisk coming up from a mile away. Yeah, but though. he gives him a but just in case he gives him a quick though. pat down. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. But he gives him the he gives him the quick pat down to make sure he has nothing on him. Maybe some no, uh, no ketchup packets hiding, you know, in his pockets.
1: He had like a slingshot in his back pocket, like Dennis the Menace. I was actually
0: surprised he didn't find something. Oh, you. And then it becomes like, oh, come on, Maggie, don't be shy. She starts to walk down the stairs and she's in a nice dress and all done up because we've seen her just kind of wearing neutral colors with no, no makeup up until now. He's like, oh, my God, like I had no idea how much she looked like her mother. Now, we don't know what the mother looks like, but when she walks down, I'm like, oh my God, she looks just like Cece. She looks like she could be Cece's daughter.
1: Yeah, I thought the exact
0: she
2: same does, thing. She does, yeah.
1: I didn't, I didn't see that, but I can see it now.
2: It's mainly the hair. I don't see it. They're just both blondes with the same length hair. Yeah. I mean, the haircut probably is
1: the main thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, so now that they're all down there, it becomes like, so can we come to the party? And he, he cracks. He says like, oh, of course you can. And tells Fran, you know, we'll discuss this later. So now, Mr. Sheffield steps up and he's addressing the entire party and he's like friends gotta have your attention please and he says before i tell you about my latest production i'd like to introduce you three to the greatest productions of my life my dear children my reproductions <laughs> fran and Cece are off to the side together now keep in mind they're just meeting for the first time This is the first time they've ever in, like had any interaction with one another and fran says to cc like oh isn't this sweet couldn't you just drop dead and Cece goes i don't know could you <laughs> you you can tell she's very jealous as soon as she sees her sees how she looks and very nervous that fran's there to take sheffield away from her i
2: get it though she put in that s- some time and work yeah all right now she sees the beautiful nanny coming to s- swipe it all
0: away she should have worn a red dress she didn't think she had competition she just wanted to look handsome for the party
3: But well, you know he wasn't the, the musician wasn't singing that handsome lady in
0: the corner <laughs> That handsome lady sitting over there.
3: I feel like that should be a blues song now.
0: And I like that. So they're going to take a quick picture. Maxwell's like, I think you've done enough. And he's trying to like, okay, you know, I wanted to address them, but let's move on. But as this is happening, one of the potential wealthy people there was like, oh, here you go. Like, love the family and hands him a check. So now he's like seeing in his head, like, oh, wait, having my kids around might help me monetize uh, the situation. I might be able to cash in on this a little bit. So now it becomes like, a, oh, smile, everyone. And they take the quick picture. Cece's telling Bran, like, you might want to keep a low profile. You're a little out of your element here. And she goes, oh, don't worry about me. I've been in my share of affairs. My Uncle Jack threw a weekend bar mitzvah with a Star Trek theme that uh, they're still talking about. That's uh,
3: oddly specific.
0: In my head, she's in full Klingon gear. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> not vodka. I
0: was say
2: <laughs> the first one to say
1: it. It was the only obvious joke that was going to happen. What did we decide? What did we find out it actually meant? Like.
0: I am so alone.
1: I am so alone. Yeah. Just the even more crushing definition.
0: We get kind of like that fade to later on in the evening when everyone's leaving. And you just see the shot of Maxwell and Fran at the door, like seeing people out, looking outside. And she goes, Oh, good night, Ivana. Don't worry, honey. You'll find someone else too. They, I don't know why they leaned into her twice. Like they really leaned into this idea of Ivana Trump at the party. Like I don't know why that was such a thing. I think it's just a,
4: resonant of like the time that this is being made like that was a that was a pop culture reference right like
1: the same year ish you're seeing donald trump in home alone too like they were just still so present as like rich new york people
2: like i i can't even think of who else it could they could have used
1: yeah right
0: yeah well i don't have a in my brain it's tough to go back that we're so young then to not really know the people of that type of stature
4: you're looking for somebody in new york right all these people are like usually West Coasters, Los Angeles, and stuff like that. So yeah. if you're in yeah, New York... Yeah, for a lot you of you reasons, have, it makes sense. Right.
0: I feel
1: like the other proxy you could use would have been Prince Charles and Princess Diana, but they wouldn't have been in New York. Right. Because probably it's, the divorce is probably around the same time and this Princess Di being like a popular figure.
0: You get that shot of Cece sitting on the couch just like annoyed, holding up her glass, telling Niles like more, like fill up my drinks. She's drowning her sorrows now that she has this competition. Now we go to Fran and Mr. Sheffield who are talking about him admitting that having the children around wasn't a complete disaster. And he thanks her, and then he, he grabs that check from her that she was holding. She said it had like four zeros, so it was a good, good check from one of these guys. And he goes to bring it into his office. And you get the shot of him walking into the office, and you can see from outside like the door, like his his office leads to outside.
3: Yeah, like a balcony.
0: Yeah, I, I can't tell what floor it was on. That's why I didn't know if it was a balcony or yeah, whatever it was, but you could see his older daughter sitting there with Caterer or something, and they're just like kind of making out on the bench. And he's like, Maggie. They they jump off. the The guy's like, Oh, Mr. Sheffield, I was just. He's like, Oh, you were just leaving. He goes to run off, and she tries to chase after him. The kid's name's Eddie, and now Mr. Sheffield's chasing after Maggie, and they all make it into like the living room. Eddie runs out the door, and Maggie's like, How could you embarrass me like that? And Fran's like, What's going on? (laughs) And he's like, That boy was mauling her on the balcony, and she's like, It was just a kiss. Fran's like, he kissed you? And she's excited, you know? She's like, oh, your first kiss? That's so exciting. Let me let me get the camera. Mrs. Sheffield's like, that's not exciting. It's appalling. She's just a child. And now there's the argument about, like, you know, she's not a child. She's saying, I'm 14, I'm not a child. Fran's trying to chime in again. She's like, you know, when I was 14. And then again, cuts off. So we don't know what her... Past was like, but twice she's tried bringing up when she was 14 and cuts away before she can get herself in trouble.
2: I think this was the appropriate response, all right? He's a hired caterer. He shouldn't be macking on the daughter of the person
0: that hired him. So I can see it from that standpoint. Also,
1: probably over 18. <laughs> like, it, uh, it was like 30. He's yeah. a hired caterer working <laughs> at night.
0: Ferg, you did some catering when you were younger, right? You weren't 18 yet when you started there, were you? No, I was 14. Yeah, so it works out. 14. That's that's Maggie's age. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I'll I'll concede to that. Did
2: you ever make out with a cute heiress? No, it was a cute heir. His name was Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but the argument with it is not so much. It's more the fact that he thinks his daughter is too young to be with any boys. Oh no, no I, I get that. I just
1: I was more annoyed. Like, who the
0: fuck are you? Don't care. Right.
1: <laughs> that's also going to be a terrible situation for Eddie. You're <laughs> like in your boss. Like, you're not getting tipped at the end of the night now.
0: When you were a young caterer, Ferg, would you have not taken the opportunity if it was presented? Oh, I would have, but no,
2: it's different. <laughs> yeah. The kind of catering we did would have been for like Fran's family, not
0: for, like the oh, chef's yeah. family. Like, oh, look at all this chicken! <laughs> <laughs> we're almost
1: out of pasta. God, I just want chicken and pasta
0: now. I can just envision the party where it's like there's not enough alfredo, and she just goes to dump her own on top of it.
1: Like out, of a, like out of a Ziploc bag. Yeah, she purse. has like
0: a jar of Alfredo. She's adding her own to the already uh, catered meal.
1: Bring me my ranch dressing hose.
0: He sends his daughter off to bed, tells her to take this makeup off. And now he's mad at Fran because he thinks it's basically her fault. Or she got her all done up and she's, you know, because of her involvement in all of this, this is why Maggie's now in this situation. And she's like, what the hell did I do? She's like, what did you do? You took an innocent school girl you dolled her up and you turned her into, and she goes, a young woman. And he's like, she's just a little girl. And she tells her, like, get out of here. She's a woman. I'm telling you, unless you're going to dip her in bronze and stick with the, on the shelf with the rest of your collectibles, she's going to grow up and someone's going to help her. And I actually really like that line of the, the idea of, like, dipping her in bronze and just putting her on the shelf like everything else he owns. Because they do touch on early that he doesn't pay a lot of attention to his kids. Like, not that he's vilified, but early on, it's pretty established that he's a little disconnected yeah. with the raising of his children. So I thought that line, like, it's, it's. A lot smarter than you think on surface when you when you really dissect it. See, you know what I thought was
4: weird about this is he sees her as, like, still being, like, a little girl. Which you can see. If you were a father... Yeah, it's, it's a father. But he actually also has a little girl. Yeah. With Grace, right? So... He has to see the difference between the two of those girls and understand that
1: she is much older. And I think
0: different. he doesn't want to see it. You know what I mean? That's his firstborn, and it's just acknowledging that she's growing up.
1: Nick, I thought you were going in a different direction. I thought you were going to be like, he should just be like, whatever. This one's old and a lost cause. Dump her. I'm going with the new younger model. <laughs> yeah, but he already had the
2: revelation how much he, she looks like his wife. It would have been a better reaction if he would've like, hey, stop
0: fucking my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you son of a bitch,
2: Eddie.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah there's a at this point you know as he's talking to fran he he ends up firing her she's like fired after all i've done for you this is the thanks i get and then the call back to early she goes you can't fire me max sheffield i quit and then no you fired me that way i can collect unemployment but this time she's crying through it she didn't cry the first time she was like strong this time she's a little bit more upset about it
1: also i don't know how new york laws work but i'm pretty sure if you work at a place for 25 hours you can't collect unemployment when they fire you i think
3: there has to be like a time frame there so what did she exactly do for him she took the kids out she bought them dresses and she brought them to a party that they weren't invited to like she hasn't really done a whole lot
1: well she watched the kids yeah. during that whole day which i think is the nanny's job is to watch
0: them. yeah because like gracie's not old enough to watch herself you know what i mean the other kids the boy's not If Maggie's 14, then yeah, even the boy's a little too young to watch himself. Maybe be okay. If if he's like 12 or so, he's probably okay, but he's right on that cusp.
1: Yeah, if they're 12 and 14, that's fine, but the little girl, no way. No, they state that he's 10. Oh, do they? Actually, when he's looking under the dress. Yeah,
0: when he's under the dress, yeah. I thought he was a little older just because of the way he acts.
4: He probably actually is, that's why. And and
0: that, he probably is older, too. He was too articulate to be 10 in real life. Yeah, so it ends on that scene, and then next we have maxwell in his office alone he's looking at i couldn't tell what he's like looking at i thought it was like a picture or something but you can't really see well we should have also mentioned that Cece's loving all this throughout oh yeah yeah she was she was eating that all up oddly enough
4: by the way he was actually 14
0: oh was he yeah
4: playing 10 wow
0: yeah that's a big age disparity see it's tough to like even if you're not like uh like if puberty didn't like Quite hit you yet? Fourteen and ten, like it's just that's a big difference in age. It's, it's noticeable.
1: That's tough when puberty does hit you.
4: What's her name? The oldest was actually twenty.
1: Okay,
0: she did look a little old to play yeah. at fourteen. I mean, You're
4: six old. year gap. That's a little
0: wild as far as casting goes. Fourteen but to it, twenty is extravagant yeah. when you think about. Like, look at yourself when you were fourteen versus twenty. That's a big, big jump.
1: And for a show to go like six or seven years like this, that that starts to show by the end. I'm imagining.
0: Oh yeah. So when Mr. Sheffield's sitting there, Niles walks in and he says, I drove Miss Babcock home. That's um, Cece's, Miss Babcock. And called Betty Ford. They're going to pick her up in the morning. It's um,
1: Classic drunk joke.
0: Good joke, yeah. That was a good one, yeah. He's basically saying that Cece has a um substance problem. And he says, uh, I know she didn't get a chance to eat, sir. I thought you might be a bit peckish. And he hands him like a sandwich. Roast beef sandwich.
1: It looked like ham to
0: me. Uh, I couldn't tell what it was, but it was smart, right? As we find out, we, we'll we we'll find out later that the sandwich was something that Fran makes or something. It was kind of like her. He got the idea for that sandwich from her. Not that, you know.
1: Whether it's ham or roast beef, he looks at a sandwich that is clearly cheese and cold cuts and goes, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, know, I, I get
2: it. He's pampered and rich, but you know what a fucking
1: sandwich is. You know what a sandwich is, man. Come on.
0: <laughs> what is this? So the I can hold the bread and then I don't get the saltiness of the meat on my fingers. I've
2: heard of the Earl of Sandwich but this is ridiculous.
0: So yeah, so he's saying like I overreacted, didn't I? And he goes like Reagan and Grenada. Grenada? Grenada Grenada? I
4: think it's one of those things you can say. I think because he's English, he said Grenada, but I think we would say Grenada.
0: Okay.
1: Which I also think is an interesting joke too, right? Because most of mostly like if you think of the Grenada invasion, people in America were like, I mean aside from obviously but the, the public perception of that was like, this was a good thing. And the rest of the world was like, well, that was a bit fucking much. So I liked that. The English guy is like, yes, you overreacted like this thing, which kind of shows like I kind don't of a smart joke, right? That he perceives this one thing differently.
0: Also, back to back episodes with a Reagan reference. If you guys want to listen back, if you haven't already heard our that '80s show, episode are you Reagan week. fans out
2: there? Yeah. Well,
0: Ronnie. Also, not the first time we've gotten a Reagan impression out of Joe and not from last week's episode. I forget yeah. which episode. Um, it was way, way, way back. I would not be able to remember. Might have anyone. been The Simpsons.
1: There have been times where I would get drunk and try to do an impression of a conversation between George H.W., George W., and Ronald Reagan to Kelsey, like, all at the same time. And I don't know how I'm not divorced.
4: You know, Kelsey is a fucking saint.
1: <laughs> yeah, she puts yeah, up like, with like, all right.
0: Nut. Listening to this. She must be able to just turn, <laughs> oh. like tune you out so easy. Like, you're just saying gibberish, and she's just watching the television. and you're She's just,
1: just like, nodding her head at me. Really?
0: You, yeah, head. you're just trying to entertain yourself, and you just, like, you need someone to, <laughs> to say it to so you're not a crazy person.
1: I'm essentially a monkey with two symbols, like, all the time. It's like, okay, Joe, time
2: for the padded room. I can't <laughs> hear Ronald Reagan, though, without hearing
1: Christopher Lloyd just go, the actor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, future boy.
0: <laughs> Sheffield's saying, like, you know, it's just. Maggie looks so much like her mother, and I've already lost Sarah. Like, I don't want to lose my little girl. You know, Niles understands. And this is when the the conversation comes, like, what is this, by the way? Like, what he's eating. Niles says, I believe Miss Fine calls it a light nosh. It's "It's delicious. And uh, again, it did look like a very simple sandwich. It didn't look like there was much to it.
1: (laughs) This cold cuts and cheese on red is delicious. I thought about
4: that, too. It's kind of like Mr. Sheffield definitely eats top of the line all the time, right? So it's like giving somebody like that, like a McDonald's cheeseburger, it objectively tastes amazing, but they never really have it. So they have like, no. So something like this, that's simple, salty and delicious. But was he born
0: rich? Like, or did he become rich with success?
2: Either way, it's been a while, right? Yeah. Probably also not a sandwich like one of us would make. It's probably like Nick just said, top of the line ingredients in said sandwich.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were accusing me of making shitty sandwiches.
2: We always talk about how shitty your sandwiches when you're not around. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate to be the bearer <laughs> of bad news.
0: Like, oh, fuck. Jay's, Jay's having everyone over. He's going to make sandwiches again. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Hey, guys. I made everyone sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want a bite of one of my sandwiches?
4: And we all just got to tough it out and pretend yeah. like we like him. This is great, Jay. Wow, Jay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when he acknowledges that it was her that created that sandwich or whatever it was, however, you know, he injected her in the conversation. He goes, Oh, Miss Fine, huh? So, yep. And Niles goes, just what you needed. And he he says, Niles, nah, so you are not talking about the sandwich, are you? No, sir, not the sandwich. So we cut to Got to be one hell of a sandwich
1: though. That he takes a bite of the sandwich and he's like, you know what? I should go unfire that woman. And I should go all the way to her house and find her.
0: Must be a good fucking sandwich. Been
1: saying it for years. You gotta live your life one sandwich at a time.
0: So we cut to Fran who's now at her mother's house, her parents' house, who where where she lives, right? So she's back home. She's back living. Back in flushing. <laughs> She's laying on the couch and it is like they set up the scene, the plastic on the couch and everything. You, The really gaudy furniture. They do a really good job of, of setting this up. And it's tough to explain the family completely, but they're so relatable. And I don't know, people, I know people just like that. So um, I thought they did a really good job with those characters.
4: Yeah, it was almost spot on. We all have like half our family. One side or the other has something like this. It's like, yes, exactly. Jay, it's very brandywine chic in there, like for the old Italian. And family. if you
0: think when I grew up, my grandparents didn't have plastic on their couch in the living room, like it was like a forbidden area to sit. The only reason my grandmother didn't have plastic
4: on her couch was because she did not let us sit on it. So it didn't yeah. matter.
1: It didn't matter. You were never, yeah. you knew not to go on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- there was plastic on the couch and you still couldn't sit on it. And then it would be like, it would be the holiday season and we'd all be over my grandparents. And like other people were sitting on the couch and we're like, cause
4: it just feels uncomfortable. Do they know that they're not supposed to be there?
0: Well, we would get to, you know, we would have like family at my um, family dinner at my grandparents, like almost every Sunday we were that family. And then when you see like other cousins and uncles and aunts and people show up that are never there, that just get to sit there and you're like, why the fuck aren't they telling them they can't sit there? Like I, all year I'm here, I don't get to sit on this couch. And all of a sudden, like, it's a special day that they can sit on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Because they're company. You're just a piece of shit from the family. Right.
0: But um, yeah, Fran's sitting on the plastic couch. And the mother walks up and she goes, Ah, oh, Fran, you need a Malamar? Which was like such a weird, like, thing to select. But perfect, right? Malamar is perfect. Right, yeah. perfect.
1: Yeah. I love when people reference candy in movies and TV shows. And it's just not what you think. Like in Beetlejuice, when he tries to lure the fly with a Zagnut bar. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Malamar? Is that like the
0: marshmallow one? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of almost like, in a way, it's kind of like a dry cookie that's a s'more, in a way. What are those Mars bars are like that, right? That's more of a candy bar, though. Sky bar? I forget there's a similar Sky bar one.
1: is the one that has, like, four different things it. There's, like, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. Yeah, and...
0: yeah. Mars bars are very simple, but these are more a cookie. This is more like you put a plate of these out when you have people over for coffee.
1: Right, yeah.
2: Graham style cookie base top with marshmallow coated in chocolate.
0: Told
1: you. S'mores. So the snack of the day at the fine house is Malibu bars and Ovaltine.
2: Yes. We can laugh at that. That sounds delightful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong.
0: Fran's kind of upset. And when she's offered the Malamar, she goes, oh, no, mom, food's not the answer to everything. The it's like, meanwhile, your father and I have based our entire relationship around food. Passion goes, sex goes, communication we never had. But food is forever. And uh, you just hear, Morty, you want another Malamar? Morty!
1: (laughs) It's a weird can it's, a, it's like, so it's, I'm guessing after dinner. It's just fun to say.
0: Malamar. That's the thing. Just inherently just saying Malamar is funny. So it But works. like
1: another one, like she's been feeding them to him all day. Like, I want to know what time it is. This is a weird. Right. Like, I don't think of candy as like a midday snack, you know?
0: This is also in a more normal world where like you offer someone one or two and not just like someone like myself, who's just going to savagely eat the whole thing of them while I'm watching a program. So
1: <laughs> a program. Leave me alone. I'm watching my programs and eating my Malamar. Yeah, you
2: you saying program sounds like someone that would eat Malamar now.
0: (laughs) As I'm like mentally back in my grandparents' house and thinking back to these times. Yeah, now shows become programs and the remote becomes a clicker and so on and so forth. I'm
2: watching my stories. Somebody just shot JR. I think he's dead.
0: (laughs) There's a knock at the door and Mr. Sheffield showed up at Fran's house. And he says, oh, I'm sorry to disturb. I just want to drop off the rest of your things. The mother's like, oh, you can never disturb anyone, darling. I'm Fran's mother, Sylvia, and like holds her hand out to her. And he introduces himself. And she says, come on in. I'll make some Ovaltine.
3: <laughs> now, I've had Ovaltine in the past. Is it just adult chocolate milk? It's the chocolate milk with like vitamins in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's chocolate milk, but it's like a powdered.
3: Yeah,
4: like the, like the Yahoo. I like actually it? don't think it's chocolate based. Is it? It
2: is, but it isn't.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it's for adults either. I think it was more for kids because it has vitamins in it where you could be like, this is a fun drink you're having, but it's actually good for you sort of thing.
2: My grandmother on my father's side always had Ovaltine. It was always offered to me.
0: I want to say my grandparents had it. I've definitely had Ovaltine. I don't remember like strongly what it tasted like, to be honest with you. It's been so long.
1: I don't think I can ever recall even having it, to be honest with you personally. I recall it
2: tasting like if you got a hot chocolate and made it cold.
0: I always thought of it, if I'm remembering, I I think it was just like chocolate milk, but it was like, oh, I don't like this brand of chocolate milk. Like, that's how my brain processed it as a kid.
1: Like the chocolate milk you get at school as a kid, where you're like, this doesn't taste like if I was to buy like a Nesquik, this tastes oddly not enjoyable.
0: Well, actually, when I, like, I loved Yoohoo, which we had just established, wasn't actually chocolate Chocolate milk. Chocolate drink. And then then I also, like, there was a gallon of, like, Choco drink. Yeah, like that big gallon of fake chocolate milk that was, like, delicious, but. That's deep into my childhood. That's 30 years ago.
4: So um, in Switzerland, Ovaltine doesn't have sugar in it, Hmm. but it does have actual cocoa powder and egg. So it's gross. No, it probably tastes a lot better.
0: Uh, Just straight cacao or whatever, like with no sugary. I don't know. That's like a bitter drink. Egg. It's also, it's spelled
4: differently too. It's called, o oh God, Ovomaltine, but it is Ovaltine. I had to look it up because it lists the ingredients, and next to some of them, it says "except in Switzerland." So I had to look up the Swiss version of Ovaltine, and and
3: I still am left with some questions. Interesting. Well, they take their their chocolate serious there.
1: Yeah, Swiss chocolate is a big yep. deal, so probably delicious there. I'm sure it's actually probably. I'd like to try Swiss Ovaltine now. Plane trip. <laughs> we take a plane trip to such a cultured place like Switzerland, and all we do there is get a glass of Ovaltine and go. Yep, better, and then be right back on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Catch the red eye home. <laughs> Never leave the airport.
2: Huh? Okay. All right. Bye. But we don't we don't have American Ovaltine, so we don't have anything to even compare it to.
0: But yeah, uh, just uh, to keep to keep it going. He's like, oh, you know, I can't. I'm sorry. Um, there's a, there's already a mob in front of my car out front. I I really need to get out of here because he showed up in a limo. And Brad's like, oh, I'll take care of that. And she just screams out the window like, get away from that limo! Nobody died. There's no vacancies. She lives in a rent-controlled apartment in New York, so um, people are just dying to get into that building. And they have a conversation. They kick the mother out. when well, she kicks her mother out. They have a quick conversation, and it's basically like, you know, how's things going? Like, how's Maggie? It's like, oh, well, she's not speaking to me, but Brighton said that she's fine. And she's like, Brighton? It's like, yeah, he's been surprisingly attentive to her. Like, wouldn't tell me why. I just kept saying something about me getting old and where I'd live. So, you know, one of the many callbacks. Numerous. And then he eventually says, you know, I'm sorry things didn't work out. Friends like oh you know I get it you know if I was you and I hired me he's like wait no I'd be thrilled who am I kidding and he says well no but that's the thing you're not me and you're not like anyone I've ever met which you know isn't a bad thing necessarily but maybe we need to respect each other's differences and we could give it another go and she's like wait is are you asking me to come back he's like so it seems like he doesn't even seem like he was aware that he was going to do that right he showed up because he wanted to talk to her i don't know if he went in knowing that he was going to try to hire her back but he was definitely drawn to her.
3: no no he was going to okay so <laughs> <That's a>
0: different <laughs> opinion there yeah.
3: no he was gonna hire her. i mean i get the i think that he went over there
1: with the intention of hiring her i don't think he would have gone all the way over there he seems like he's kind of impersonal if he was just gonna say i'm sorry he would have sent a note or something
2: yeah it was like the equivalent of like leaving your shit at somebody's house and then that's your excuse to get
1: your it's getting your foot in the door
2: so he was under the guise of returning her shit.
0: I felt like he felt like he at least needed closure or to apologize. I don't know if he was necessarily going to hire her back or if that was a plan. But who's to say? That's all free to interpret. No,
2: if that wasn't the plan, that whole conversation with Niles earlier wouldn't wouldn't make sense.
0: Yeah, true. She takes it a little far though, right? Because after he says like, "Yeah, I guess I am asking you to come back," she goes, "So what you're really saying is you feel terrible about the whole damn thing, and if you could, you'd get down on your hands and knees and apologize." She is really comfortable with him really early, huh?
3: Yeah, that's a little bit too much.
1: But I feel like she's like that with everybody, so this doesn't make it weird for her. I mean, it's not like she's acting out of like context just to him. I feel like she's like this with everybody
0: in her life. And then um, he's like, Miss Fine. And she goes, apology accepted. Ma, pack my things. He wants me back. And then you just see the mom pop out like, Smile, has a camera. Like, you know, she's definitely, Brandon's definitely her mother's daughter. So now um, the mother's out there with the camera too. And uh, that's how the episode concludes.
2: I love her big smile for the picture, too, it's yeah,
0: it's infectious.
1: i like to that they show the picture, and then the the lip kiss thing goes on top of it as well, yeah,
0: yeah, very nineties,
1: yeah, a good effect,
0: so yeah, it's the conclusion of the episode. Anything you guys want to bring up about the nanny otherwise, like any like notes or anything that we didn't cover?
3: not me ha. ha,
2: ha, ha. I think we we had a pretty good dive into it. I think we can go go ahead,
0: yeah, we talked about a lot of
1: a lot of stuff here oh also nancy reagan's from flushing queens and i think that guy you like action bronson
0: oh yeah action bronson
1: martin scorsese and again paul stanley
0: ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> i saw action bronson in concert just a month ago or so yeah all right so um nothing to do other than going to the green light or cancel uh, nick gonna start with you this was a, a
4: really fun watch i liked the among everything i really liked the pacing of this show it was quick and snappy and funny like you can you can kind of venn diagram those three things and usually you can only get two but they did all of them and they did it well we discussed the child actors they were all really good the adult actors were obviously good i love niles niles made me laugh a few times fran obviously a home run i mean it sounds like this was written for her so it all makes sense the best thing about this, though, is like just the perspective is a little different than your run of the mill family sitcom. Obviously, it's a family sitcom, but she's not part of the family yet necessarily. She's coming in new. It's almost sort of like, you know, we talked about who's the boss, where he comes in, even like stuff like Fresh Prince. Like he just kind of shows up and is injected into this family. And you just kind of get to know the rest of the family along with the main character, which I do like. It's definitely a green light. I wanted to keep watching, which is most of our main driving reasons to give a green light. And I was glad to see it. It's not a show that I would have thought to watch again. But because of the podcast, obviously, I did. I'm glad I did. So it is an easy green light.
0: Gordo.
3: I mean, it's it's a green light for sure. It's a slam dunk green light. I'm sitting here trying to think about parts of the show that. I believe that I'm trying to be critical about. And there's really this nothing there. Like this is just a slam dunk front to back. I enjoyed it. When I first watched these episodes, I always checked the minutes, like how long the show's gonna last. And this was 24 minutes. And it did not feel like 24 minutes to me at all once it got up and running. I I got nothing bad to say about it. Green light for me.
2: Ferg, I just want to say I uh, downloaded Tubi to watch this, so I I went in a little bitter. Shout out to Frank Thomas. It's on HBO Max. Was it? Yeah, it is. The whole series. That's where I watched it. Well, the Google Drive wouldn't work for me. I've been having problems with it lately, but anyway, it's It's so nice to finally see Country Comfort done right, where they did every aspect of this show wrong. This nailed every aspect. Acting was good. It was funny. Had that like dark sense of humor, but it was also wholesome. Which I don't know how you do that, but they did. Yeah, I I literally have nothing bad to say about this show. Um, I enjoyed it. I like Nick said, I never thought to ever go back and watch The Nanny, and I think I might finish it. I'm gonna go back and watch the rest on Tubi. Well, maybe now HBO Max now that I know it's there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, green light from Ferg,
0: Joe.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the big things that Nick said is the pacing, right? I think there's a few episodes we've talked about before where, like, I forget what they say. Like, if you do something X amount of hours, you become an expert. I feel like at some point we will all be sitcom pilot experts, and that's useless. But this is what I sort of consider a sitcom, like a pilot's pilot, right? It establishes everything it needs to. It has good pacing. You know where everything's going, but in a good way. It doesn't drag on introduces everybody. It solves your issue by the end of the episode. Does it all in 24 minutes. You get some laughs and you get out. Like that's exactly what I want in a pilot like this. Uh, Gordo mentioned the time and I take pretty extensive notes and I write them by hand, so I really track the time in an episode. Sometimes when I see 24 minutes. I'm usually like, oh, this is going to be tough. Did not feel that way with this one breezed through it. will continue watching it for sure. And also I just thought of one other weird thing about Mr. Nanny, the villain in Mr. Nanny is David Johansson, who I want to say this same year is also in car 54. Where are you with Fran Drescher. There's a weird Venn diagram of Mr. Nanny and the nanny that I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to have like the red string across my wall. I am just
0: about to say the exact same thing. You're going to have the board with like all the string on the push pins. <laughs> yeah. and...
1: So, uh, as I descend into madness, it is a green light.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm obviously going the same way with the rest of you guys. I don't have a lot to say about it other than, you know, what you guys have pretty much covered. It was, the acting was really well. It was a nice, simple story. Just, you had a good opportunity to meet everybody. It was fun. They found a way to make jokes about child suicide and loneliness and widows and, uh, and anatomically correct mannequins in a way that you don't catch it all. <laughs> There's a lot of dark references in a very upbeat show. But yeah, it was just a good time. It was an easy to watch thing. And, I, you know, I like that, you know, for a show like this, they actually introduced a lot of characters and gave them all plenty of room to breathe and personality. And despite the fact that Fran's kind of in the forefront at all times, you meet the three kids, the butler, Mr. Sheffield, Cece, the mother, uh, her friend. You get a little bit of all these different people, but you know their characters and they're all very well established right on episode one. And there's a lot of great chemistry. They just did a good job of casting, and everybody really meshes in right away. It doesn't feel unnatural at all. It's kind of surprising to see that it's the first episode with how polished all of the acting is. But, um, yeah, so that's, um, that's five out of five. Guys, uh, The Nanny, congratulations. You live on episode two with us. Not
4: a surprise. Very solid five out of five,
0: too. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of went into it thinking that it probably could because I just remember liking the show, but very, as soon as I watched the episode, I was like, oh, this is definitely getting a five out of five. If anyone's going to say no, maybe Gordo. <laughs>
3: no,
1: I love this show. And Gordo came in stronger than anybody with his love for it.
0: Gordo and Ferg are the two that are most likely to cling on to something very obscure and have that sour them on the entire show. They didn't have any of that. In this.
3: It didn't have any.
0: No, but you guys are the wild cards who that's an... Like, one little thing can take you away from an episode sometimes.
2: You've canceled shit for one thing. Don't pretend yeah. it's just us.
3: I mean, a lot of the times that I cancel stuff, it's because it feels long. Yeah. You look at the the show length, and you go, ah, oh, fuck. Like Joe said, 24 minutes is like, that's a long sitcom, and there wasn't breaks. It's
0: only two more minutes than a standard sitcom goes, but yeah, no, I noticed that, too, when I opened it up. It's funny. You mentioned that, Gordo, actually, because I do this.
4: We all do it. Like, we see how much is left because it does feel like a chore depending on the show. I did it, but for the opposite reason. I kind of wanted a little more out of this one. Like, oh, same. do I have 10 more minutes? Yeah. Do I have, you know, five more minutes. I wouldn't have minded it to go a little longer because it was just enjoyable.
1: This was a tough one to not watch the next episode.
0: Not for me because we had to start recording as soon as I was done. But yeah. But no, guys, again, uh, congratulations to the nanny. Five out of five. Great pilot episode. And the only other thing, actually, I did want to bring up that I forgot was the episode's called "The Nanny." I think it's the first time that the episode was titled after the show instead of just calling it pilot. They called the episode "The Nanny," which I thought was very unique. I never saw it. said part. pilot on Tubi. Well, Tubi's some fucking terrible like. Don't uh, you dare
1: app. disparage the good name of Tubi, which right now was also streaming the movie "Car 54." Where are you? I just oh, thank it up,
0: God. I'll be watching Don't that make in me said Frank Thomas after you. Jay. Oh, sounds like someone signed up for the Fran Pack. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no guys again just go to s one onecom that's so where you can find all the links where you can listen to us uh that has all of our social medias so be sure to give us a follow there instagram twitter facebook we have playlists on Tubi available but guys yeah go to us at
1: frank.thomas.com Frank.
0: but yeah thanks again guys keep listening each and every week we come out with a new episode every thursday thanks again we'll catch you next week goodbye
1: I think we got the best, most eligible widowers. (laughs) It's like I murdered all my husbands in here.